A new day dawns over the vast golden sands of ancient Egypt. <laughs> As the yoke god looks down upon all he has created, he tells to his subjects, Let there be season four of Trapped Under Plastic, the podcast that makes us all feel better about public farting. <laughs> Gary Jensen, thank you for the intro. Welcome to season four, goody peepees. Yeah, we are here with flatulence and yolks. And pajamas, baby. Wait, you guys got the PJs all up in here. Dude, I'm, I'm chilling right now. It's Friday. Oh, you look like you look like you're just ready to just relax. I am. I'm ready to relax, play some Hades, and work on a bunch of uh little end of year, beginning of year tasks that kind of build up throughout the entire year. Oh, no. Which is a nice, timely kind of segue to the topic, which is about like our channels, where we, where we want to go in the year. But that's that comes for later. About but the yeah. trapped under plastic, what's happening there. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of maintenance things, though, going on in January, for sure. Yeah, I haven't thought about any of that, so now I feel like <laughs> <laughs> that the whole point of this episode is for me to know, know what I should have been doing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have like a Trello board that I just like drop tasks in that I know I'll never have time for like in a given year that are kind of like longer, maybe like like two or three day long tasks. Oh. And then I kind of get to them in January, which I feel like is a bad, I shouldn't do that. I feel like I shouldn't take time off from my channel like ever. I think I should have that time built in throughout the year. But anyways, yeah, getting ahead of ourselves right now. Yeah. I mean, speaking of things that like we wanted to do and aren't getting around to do, I did accomplish something this week. Oh, did you? On Wednesday... I got a little text message at 11 a.m. from Ikea saying the final piece that I needed to make my wall of storage and display is, is back in stock after two years. Wow. So I had a decision to make. Okay. Okay. This was Wednesday. This is celebrate Christmas. Yeah. Or, or drive to Ikea. <laughs> yes. It was. The, the question was, do I... Stop working on my video <laughs> and drive to Ikea and basically lose half of a day. How far of a drive is that? It's like an hour and 20 minutes each way. <sighs> um, or do I wait until today and then after we're done sucking down some tendies, then I stop at Ikea on the way home. But that's that's two days, yeah. right? And you got to think how many other people got that fucking email or text message mm -hmm. saying the thing's back in stock. Okay. So you're like sitting in your hobby den and you're just like, just like freaking out. Don't know what to do. Yeah. I was actually ahead of schedule. I was like almost a full day ahead of schedule. What my typical rotation is to get a video done. Okay. And so I'm like, I believe the yoke God had destined this to happen. Yeah. He was like, you, you made the time use it. Yeah. So I did it. I jumped in the old truck Rooney and I drove up and I bought the final thing and I got there and there was like 28 of them on the shelf. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Praise be the egg God. Yes. Um, this bountiful harvest of glass and plastic. Yes. <laughs> of shitty particle board. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. So while I was there, of course, I bought some uh, uh, meatballs. Did you? Dude, dude, you got to buy the frozen meatballs and the gravy. So you Wait, make. So you didn't. Did you eat it there in the food court? No, I didn't have time for that. Okay. You brought it home for the family. See, the thing is, is like, the fr I ran because I knew exactly where it was. So it was like a. I had like this Black Friday thing in my mind. I I hopped the gate. I hopped the gate. <laughs> You're like the, the only one in the store rushing. Everyone's yeah. like, what the fuck's his deal? Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> like with their family and just like. <laughs> 
lot, like just haphazardly looking at stuff. John's busting through those fucking doors. <laughs> yeah. He's like, fuck these arrows. I ain't following yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, I knew if you take the stairs up, you have to go through their whole, you know, the whole fucking winter wonderland of like <laughs> mazy shit. But I know that if you just hop the gate from the checkout lines that you're not supposed to do, you can go right to the warehouse section. Yep. Yep. And so that's what I did. And they're all too nice because it's Ikea. So they didn't say anything to me. And I ran to my thing. I'm like, <laughs> I grabbed it. I didn't even get a cart yet. And I'm picking up this like 80 pound thing over my shoulder. I'm like, yeah. And then I run to find a cart. And at this point, I have this, you have this big awkward six foot long box <laughs> and a big like cart that it's in. At that point, I feel like I can't go get the meatballs. Okay. You know, because you have this. You know what this weird feeling of like a sh- the shopping cart is your property? Yeah. You never want to be more than like five feet from that cart. If you leave it, someone might steal the thing that you don't own yet. Yeah. They'll take the the jar of mayonnaise yeah. and you won't even know the jar of mayonnaise is gone. Even there's 29 other ones. Yeah. This one is yours. This is my mayonnaise. You won't even know until you get home and you're unpacking your groceries. And I'm like, damn it. I left <laughs> my cart for 10 seconds and someone stole my mayonnaise. Someone stole my unpaid for mayonnaise. Yeah, because that's where our dumb brains think that the chaos in the world lies. So what I think we should do is we flip that on its head and we should make everyone as paranoid as we feel about leaving our carts Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. unattended. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to go around with my arms full of jars of mayonnaise and I'm going to put a jar of mayonnaise in everyone's cart that isn't watching it. And then is this still a metaphor for like the, this portion of the case that you needed? Yes. You're going to grab this 100%. giant nine foot long box and you're just going to put it in people's carts. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put all the other 27 that were on the shelf into other people's carts. Yeah. So then I feel justified. Yeah. Right. For rushing here. Yeah. Like it was like jumping out of my seat and be like, fuck this video. <laughs> and then the greatest thing is I get home with the thing and I put the giant box in the giant stack of <laughs> boxes. <laughs> That I'm not going to fucking touch. <laughs> but now I have no excuse. Um, here's my thought on this. This is kind of maybe leading into the today's episode of things we want to accomplish. Because getting this fucking thing built is certainly a thing I need to accomplish. Yeah. I told myself I'm going to do it after Adepticon. Because okay. any of my free time that I could have to do this work, I should be working on my Golden Demon piece okay. instead. Right? Sure. But then it'll be like my... Yeah, I, I kind of like building that stuff, you know? I like building things. Yeah. I like, I like having, like, I, I have it all planned on how it's going to look, you know, get tchotchkes and shit on the wall. I mean, how long is that actually going to take? It'll probably take a day. No way! Is it big? Am I imagining something different? It's a full wall. It's probably, uh, I think it's like a 16-foot wall. What the fuck did you buy? I bought, like, eight things. So the whole wall what is, gonna, is it? It's going to look like, um, they're all separate things, and then I have molding that I stain to the same color as those that I'm going to put across the top and bottom. So it's going to look like a full built-in wall, like a fucking library of Alexandria shit. Wow. Yeah, dude. This is where the yoke god sits upon his throne among his many leather-bound books. <laughs> so, okay. You, so you didn't buy just a bunch of Detolfs. You bought- No. <laughs> 
you know, for the longest time, like until today, I was like, is it really that hard to get a debt off at Ikea? Like John talks about it endlessly, not being able to get this fucking thing. And I'm like, I go there like maybe like once every like four months. I'm like, hey, there, there it is. So I was like, I, I was like, I mean, John, should, I te- should I text John right now? Like, hey, John, it's in stock. It's like, no, okay. So this is something else entirely. This whole time you just thought I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I just wanted 20 debt offs. I don't know, dude. I, don't, I didn't think to ask. I was like, there's something else going on here. I'm just not going to mess with it. Yeah, I don't care enough to ask the follow-up questions here. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's a whole piece of furniture that looks like a built-in. Does it yeah, have a the, name? Is there, yeah, is there a name for it? They're, they're Billy uh, Oxford, the Oxford Collection Billy Cases. Okay, okay. Because I need something, too. Like, models are just building up on every horizontal surface in my office right now, yes. collecting dust. So I need something as well. Maybe I'll look into that. Yeah. Oh, well, you better go now because it's going to be out of <laughs> stock for two years. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Stop the podcast. There still <laughs> might be some of those in stock. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, okay. So uh, that that's something. Um Apparently, we're knee-deep in the preamble ramble already, yeah. and I didn't even consider it. I, okay, I want to ask you something. Ask Scott, me something. About the holiday season. Holiday season. <laughs> Loop-de-loop. <laughs> I know you were, you're searching for the yeah, words. I can know what it is. Right. Um, I think there's something about a chamber pot. In the- <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Scrooge and whatnot. Um, all right, so do you have... With your family, maybe it's just you, just you and Amber, or like your family with your parents or, or Amber's parents. Do you have like a, a certain tradition of either certain foods or certain treats or you know holiday delights? Absolutely, that you have every year. Absolutely, Let's dig into this. Right. <laughs> here we fucking here we go. Uh, Christmas Eve belongs to to my family, and Christmas morning, and then Christmas evening is Amber's family. But on Christmas Eve, what we do. Is we we eat uh, takeout Chinese food. Oh baby! And then afterwards we have uh, we like take Christmas pictures of like us in like pajamas and shit. And oh, then, you're one of those. Everyone gets the same pajamas. Families? No, 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 no. We just we just put on pajamas. <laughs> Whatever you usually wear to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we always take one metal photo. So all the old people, you know, they throw up the horns and they make their most gruesome death metal face. And then we eat dessert. And that's cookie time. We get that one. Cookie of those, time. We get that one of those little German spinny things, you know, where you light oh, the candles yes. and they spin. And then we eat several cookies. And there's some new contenders everywhere, but there there are a couple staples. There's a there's a ginger heart cookie, so it's shaped like a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> it's shaped like the heart of a redhead. <laughs> it's shaped like a heart. One one ginger was killed for each of these cookies. Jesus, take Christ. their heart. So they taste so fucking good. <laughs> it's like their sadness. So it's a ginger heart with royal icing. We have a peanut butter ball that's like, uh, you know, everyone knows what that is. You like got to have the PB ball. You got to. And then we have a like a a German chocolate cherry esque. What's I call it? Black Forest cake. Yeah, kind of yeah, like okay. cookie, like inspired by that. Oh, wow, is that um, soft cookie then? Yeah, it's soft. Uh, and then what else is there? We have a chocolate crackle cookie, the kinds that have like the the powder sugar on the outside that crack and have like these nice kind of brownie esque like texture oh, to it. Yeah, those are like those are the couple of the mainstays. Yeah. Um, and then there are a few few new ones. Over I, here. I love that you have the the up and comers 
new the new contenders, the freshman class each year. Yeah, oh yeah. You fucking gotta have yeah, a you gotta you class. gotta trial. You gotta. Yeah, there's gotta be the right ratio. It's gotta be somewhere like seventy five oldies but goodies and twenty five new recruits. Exactly. Right? There's a strategy to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pay attention. Yeah, this is this is the way the holiday treats are need to be done. Yeah. This is the law. <laughs> <laughs> um and we do the same thing. Mm. And you are so like you you like analyze and you scrutinize yeah. and you flavorize yeah. every single one of those new recruits. Absolutely. You need to make them earn their spot. Right. Yep. Yep. And we we recently had one um that was a, it was a go-to. And this year we took it out of the rotation to just just to try a new alternative because it's the it's the chocolate mint experience, right? You, and so you, you can't have a cookie. You it's it's it it was put on injured injured reserve for one year <laughs> okay. because the up and comer seemed promising. It was also chocolate mint, right? So you can't have two chocolate mints. Right. There's only one one home for a chocolate mint cookie. Yes. In the rotation yes. of the holiday cookies. So we try this old one or we try this new one. Not as good. Not as good. Get out next year. The seasoned veterans coming back in, and the key to the seasoned veteran—it's a simple thing. It's a simple thing. It's but called nostalgia. <laughs> it's a—it's a cookie about the size of a half dollar. So small cookie. Okay. It's just a nice, um, soft cookie. Uh oh. Chocolate soft cookie. Excuse me. Yeah, I know, I know. But what the fuck? Just—it's it's a solid cookie recipe, just chocolate cookie. But then the simple yet elegant solution to crank it up to 11 is you put an Andes mint on top and then you bake it for the last five minutes with that Andes mint on there and it melts. And then I didn't know this about Andes mints, but as they then cool after they've melted, they create almost like this like beautiful slick chocolate glass look. Oh. And it still feels like an Andes mint. But it's something about the way that was mel- melted and then rebrought to room temperature. It's it's a it's amazing. Like a little mirror glaze of Andy's yes. mints. And it's so simple. You don't have to like you don't have to mix up a ganache. No. Yeah, do all that extra hard work. <laughs> so uh yeah, I, I was curious about your family traditions, and I'm glad to hear that they're basically the same as mine. Follow up to this. Okay. How big and how long is the cookie tail? <laughs> After the holidays, how long does it last? Because I'm nervous. I've found lately that whether it's uh, whether it's Thanksgiving, whether it's Halloween with Halloween candy, mm. whether it's fucking Christmas cookies and delights, the tail seems to last on longer than my waistline would like. Okay, because they're in the house still. Yes. Well, they're, I mean, you have to eat them all before they go away, right? You got to, well, I feel obligated <laughs> to eat them all, and I don't want to, <laughs> but there they are. <laughs> and you know there's the there's a shelf life on a homemade cookie, right? You, you get stale, and you're just like, you're when still going to eat it. When does the cookie period begin for you? Because um, for me, we have a, a cookie Christmas party every year, and it happens like the 16th, the 15th, somewhere in the middle of December. So that's when the cookies begin, mm-hmm. because then we exchange cookies, and we get other people's cookies and some of our own, and then Christmas comes in with the cookie reinforcements, Yes, and then the tail grows even longer. Yes. So I would say a healthy amount of time midway through January. If you still got cookies after that point, you're in, you're, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that even feels like it. Maybe it for your own health. For your health. 
shouldn't last that long. But <laughs> like, the problem is you end up with so many. And our other issue is we our family Christmases get spread out. Like they start in like mid December, and then my last one with my parents is January seventh. So we got these fucking cookies sitting around. So we're gonna still bring a cookie plate, but uh, in the meantime, I walk by that fucking cookie box, pop on back, and I'm just like, meh. What's one more? Right. What's one more Andy's candy and cookie at the same time? I know. And I look at this newcomer and you're like, you don't have the chocolate, chocolate minty goodies that I need, but I'm going to eat you anyway. (laughs) And I'm going to wish you were somebody else. You're you're doing your family a service right now (laughs) by putting these back. So my, my wife is, is the the great cookie baker of, of our family, but my mom, ever since I was a kid, she does cookies. She does a couple cookies. But her big thing is she makes candy. She makes her own homemade candy, like caramels or hard candies. What are we talking about? Here? She makes a Fudges? soft. She makes a soft caramel that'll bring a tear to your eye. <laughs> oh gosh! But uh, the my favorite thing that she makes is called a nut goodie. Have you heard of a nut goodie before? No. Okay, so it's like a uh, it's like a maple center, hmm. and it's like a smooth maple, delicious. I don't know what it is made out of. Other than something in maple. And then it's chocolate and peanuts. That's like chocolate melted down. Milk chocolate with peanuts. And then you envelop that maple center with the chocolate peanuts. It's kind of like a Snickers bar. It is kind of like a Snickers bar. Maybe that's why I like it so much. (laughs) But she makes that. She makes turtles. She makes caramels. She makes all sorts of things. Um, with with chocolate, mostly with chocolate candy. She's got some confectionery skills. Yeah, yeah. She she knows the way of of the chocolate candy, and those. And she always like makes a fucking bazillion, and then I end up with three Tupperwares full of candy. <laughs> this is terrible. You're you're like a diabetic. You yeah, can, you see, like my mom. <laughs> bless her heart. I think she's been trying to kill me for twenty years <laughs> of this shit. But. Uh, that's it. That's all my holiday cookie talk I want to do. Okay. Now we know. <laughs> now, now we know. Now we know. Okay. Okay. You, you got any ramble to preamble about? Yeah. I realized there's something wrong with me. Okay. So I went to a friend's house. We Man, can I, can I just fucking complain about I don't know if anyone out there relates to this, but if you have to travel somewhere for the holiday season, <clears throat> you know, often there's people that want your attention and you want and they want to hang out with you and they want you to spend time at their house and sleep over very often. So I find myself having to need to pack up my clothes in my suitcase and put it in my car and drive somewhere else and unpack it and then put it back in the car like fucking three or four times and I hate it. Oh. It's so annoying because I'm living out of a suitcase for like whatever five, seven days and I'm traveling to different places to like hang out and I have to keep doing that process over and over again. It's so fucking annoying. But anyways, I was at a friend's house. We were eating like, like a little charcuterie plate and like I got like a incredible headache and a stomach ache after eating it i don't know why but then it, it made me think to ask the question to everyone in the room i was like how often do you get like a headache or a stomach ache in a given week like how often do you do do you know uh stomach ache is pretty rare headache maybe like once or twice a week and it's always because i don't drink enough water okay um i feel like i get a headache or a stomach ache um three four times a week and I'm like, and obviously the first thing I think about is, okay, it's a diet thing. Like I drink, I drink like soda, like uh, non-diet soda. So that, that's a, that's definitely a contributor. Sugar, yeah. 
but like some of my friends have like the same diet as me, if not worse, and like they're fine. You might have a food allergy, bro. So maybe that's it, or maybe you know, maybe my body is just like not not as good as processing sugar and like the inflammation that it causes as other people's. But like, yeah, everyone was like, yeah, that's not normal. Like you should try to figure that out. And so I've been kind of yeah, like fix yourself. I know, but I've been like experiencing this like I don't know, like the last six months to a year, just kind of like always feeling a little bit shitty, um, like kind of every day, like even like it's like kind of like I'm at like a two out of ten right now in the stomach ache scale. Uh, so I gotta figure that out. I feel like I've been suffering for yeah, needlessly. Dude, know what you need to have is you need to like <laughs> yeah, a whole I drink bunch a full of throttle. <laughs> <laughs> Save me from myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the fucking vibe, dude. You yeah you need to you need to get a bunch of fiber in your diet and just shit it all out. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> thank dude, you, Doctor Nenas. <laughs> that's a Doctor John <laughs> cure all. Yeah, okay. Um, like a couple of years ago, my wife went through an elimination diet, and I, being a supportive husband as I am, I half-assed her and it helped. <laughs> so I I Wait. cut out a whole bunch of things. Okay. At one point, she ate is like like cabbage and beets for like five days. That's all she ate. And you, what the point of it is, is to figure out, like, right. you basically reduce all the variables and then you add them in one by one and then your body will tell you which one is not good. And yeah. so then you, like, add this thing and then take it back out. And then you add a different thing and take it back out. And you're just basically just, it's science. How long did she do that process for? Because we did the whole Whole30 thing, which is 30 days of, like, all whole foods. And then you... You're supposed to reintroduce elements slowly, but by the end of 30 days, I could not handle not eating slutty snack foods. And so on day 31, I was like fucking peanut butter cups, two liter of Dr. Pepper. I was like, do drown me. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Uh, But this is how I die. (laughs) How long was that whole process? Uh, Her whole process start to finish was like 90 days. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was a long time. And then um, after that, a long time. <laughs> she went no sugar for, I think it was six to nine months. And then ever <laughs> since then, she's been off caffeine, hasn't had caffeine since. And that was like f- three, four years ago at this point. She has um, so much willpower that I do not possess. Yeah, yeah. She she uh, is still a sucker for some dark chocolate, but like that's all she has now too. Like she only has like dark chocolate, like shitty chocolate. It doesn't taste good. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that adult shit, dude. Yeah, that eighty percent cocoa. I'm like, god damn, that's nasty. <laughs> you nasty. <laughs> do fuck dark chocolate uh, for Christmas. So she gets me. Oh my! My Christmas stocking was filled with scratch off tickets and little oneies and fireball. <laughs> Goddamn redneck! You got scratch offs stuck in. Yeah, my daughter and I sat and scratched them off. We won ten dollars. <laughs> okay. You know what we did? We went to the quick trip with our ten dollars. <laughs> this is so midwestern. <laughs> you went to the quick trip. And, uh, <laughs> we bought ten. We bought ten dollars of Kool Aid and Funyuns. Oh my god, dude! My holiday season definitely involved a lot of chatter about fucking Quick Trip as well, because <laughs> they had like a re- they had like a grand opening in Kenosha with a new Quick Trip. Oh shit, that's a big deal. Yeah, I know. And there was fucking just free soda of any size, or what? coffee, or iced tea. You could just go in and get a giant fucking I don't know sixty four ounce of Diet Coke if you wanted it. Um, so we we're we we're all talking about that, but like. If you guys don't know what Quick Trip is, it's a Midwestern gas station chain that like is the best. It has the best so much everything. shit. It's basically a 
a small grocery store. Yeah. They have their own branded like dairy products. And so we looked it up. It's like, where does Quick Trip get its dairy products? They have their own farms. Yeah. And their own processing plants and they make their own cheese. I was like, what the fuck? At what point does it not become a gas station anymore and become something else entirely? Now they have fried chicken now too? Dude, I tried. Oh my God. I tried the tendies, bro. Dude, I've never tried the tendies, but I am a fan of their just regular bone in fried chicken. But (laughs) tell me, tell me the tendy ways of the Quick Trip. You know, okay. I'll say this. They, they tasted more like real chicken than Cane's does. Huh. Which I don't I don't know if I mind it that much. I don't mind that Cane's kind of feels it's, it's saying it tastes artificial is not what I'm trying to say. But it is it tasted more homemade. The mm. um it was pretty good. Um it was really peppery with the breading. Um like it wasn't better or worse, but it was like another good option. Gas station tenders, bro. Welcome to fucking America. Right. Yeah. And so if you the best way I could just describe a quick trip um, for those that don't know what it is, it's like it's like a Seven Eleven. If Seven Eleven was good, you know, like <laughs> yeah. if it was like clack, it's like classy, but it's like Midwest classy because it's not really classy, <laughs> but it's clean. It's like a they it, it it it's just like the bathrooms aren't destroyed, you know, like it's it's nice in there. Yeah. Everybody's nice that works there. They yeah. fucking pay their people well, so yeah. the people that are working there are not miserable yeah for the most part for the most part yeah um yeah so you actually got like little bottles of of fireball yeah oh my god i love that so i got that and so why i tell this this portion of the story is because i when i buy all this stuff for my wife's stocking inevitably you have smaller things and that's where you give treats that's what you know but like it's such a miserable shopping experience because i have to go (laughs) I go to like the natural grocery store and then I go to like the 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 holistic section of Target and I I just buy bullshit <laughs> by the shitty chocolate. I bought, sh- I bought like an $8 little bag of dark chocolate covered almonds and I'm like god damn it. I would a, not a waste eat this ever. <laughs> ever. And when I open it she's like, "Oh, those look yummy." I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> Give me another fireball. <laughs> it's the exact same situation with me, and my wife. Like she, she has such refined tastes for her sweets, and it's just like, dude, no. Like I want a Swiss cake roll or a honey bun right yeah. now, please. One hundo p. Yeah, she gets me the little Reese's trees, and I told her this year. Oh yeah, dude, they're filled with so much of that peanut butter filling, yeah, dude. dude. Those that, holiday ones are fucking extreme, dude. The Reese's tree is like the scientifically proven best ratio think of so? chocolate to filling. I'm but- an egg man. Oh, I mean, egg is also good. I like the shape. It's real simple. Holy <laughs> <laughs> shape! It's the fucking egg, dude. Oh, no. oh man, they're uh, like, yeah, that's a, that's a like an offshoot of faction. In- <laughs> <laughs> hey, we talked we talked about that. Were there other ways to interpret the word egg, like like a human egg, or like <laughs> like well, who knows? Uh, I don't know. It's it's the the chocolatey eggs. So I told my wife this was probably like three days before Christmas, and I was like, "You probably already bought everything for my stocking because you're an adult." Um, <laughs> but I gotta go to the store right now to get your shit. <laughs> but I said, uh, "If you haven't yet, don't get me any treats for Christmas because I was thinking about the holiday treat tale, and just what I need is uh, more Reese's trees and more Snickers trees, which are also primo mm. and sure as shit." hidden beneath the scratchers <laughs> and the fireball 
was a, a literal cornucopia <laughs> oh God. Of, of candy trees. <laughs> oh, no. So those go right in the freezer. If you don't put your Snickers in the freezer, let me tell you what life is really about. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's that's it. I do have some other stuff to actually. I think I had something else for uh, preamble ramble here. Tough live at LVO. That's the other thing. Yeah, because we're officially now in season four. So this is a big point in the history of Trapped Under Plastic. Because if we were a Netflix series, we'd be canceled by now. Because everybody <laughs> knows they once you go past three seasons, they have to be like a big, big, big time show to make it worth the re-up contract. And we are not. So thank God we're not attached to Netflix. Thank God. So we're, we're officially in season four. But the next episode of Trapped Under Plastic will be recorded live at the Las Vegas Open. And we're going to push out a bunch of details of that in the coming weeks. But we want people there. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that we call it live and the recording is live, but it's still unknown as to whether or not it'll be live on the Internet. Um, we I had a lot, an email. I shout out to the guy who's coordinating that um, guy or gal. And uh, we're, we're figuring out if there is Internet connectivity, because there is definitely a chance where we could we could publish it or host it live on like the top YouTube channel. Like, no problem. Um, we got to figure that out still. Yeah. But either way, there'll be people there and we'll be live. Yes, we want you there. Yeah. So so keep keep your eyes peeled and your ears open yeah. and, your, and your shells intact. You might be like, Scott and John, when is it? Where is it? We, we don't, don't know, know. yet. <laughs> <laughs> it will be at Las Vegas on either Friday night or Saturday night. Yeah, I guess we're figuring it out. Um, but you'll you'll know when we know. Yeah, um, but it's 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 crackalacking. That's for sure. Um, okay, the only other thing I had on here for the preamble ramble was uh, it's just titled "Weird Holiday Hobbying." Mm. I uh, my my whole schedule for like my channel for videos for my my own hobbying was all thrown into a whirlwind because of VincyCon. it kind of my whole schedule of everything my regimentation kind of all thought of whack so i'll bring i'll blame Vince tv for that yeah um and and since then up until the this latest video this week kind of brought me back on track i uh i had all this hobbying that happened not how i usually do it and it was all around like painting all this stuff for my undead for the golden demon piece which we're going to talk about what we painted and it just for some reason kicking a routine made me more productive because i didn't feel like oh i should be doing this instead or oh i have this time designated for this this and this i was just like i'm just going to do a whole bunch of hobbying and it was really weird for me because usually I think that the routine is what keeps us consistent, keeps us at our painting table, keeps us involved in our hobby. But something about just saying I'm kicking the routine, I just I just want to paint. Mm. And it worked. I don't know if you've ever had it that. made you more productive. It made me more productive. <clears throat> um also it didn't hurt that I don't have a video game I'm into right now. <laughs> Otherwise, that would have been like, <laughs> yeah, you had a bunch of like access time, and yeah, if you had that video game, it'd be easy to spend it that way. I actually bought Diablo Two Remastered, oh, and I played it for a full day, and at the end of the day, I died, and I went back to get my corpse, and I got my corpse, and uh, half of my gear was gone, 
and all of my money what, was. That, does oh, that happen in Diablo too? It's not supposed to. And all my money was gone. And then I was like, oh, fuck. My, then my corpse was gone. And I like, well, I know if I log back out and log back in, if you have a corpse out there, it'll be at town with you. And uh, uh, it wasn't. So I was like, maybe this is the sign from the yoke god <laughs> <laughs> that I shouldn't be playing fucking video games. Uh, and so that was the, the first and last day I've ever played Diablo 2. <laughs> uh, but it was pretty fun. Yeah. I don't know. For me... Because I am traveling during the holiday season, I don't really have access to a hobby desk. But that wasn't really the question you were asking. Yeah. If you if you if you get rid of the the yoke of responsibility and of yeah. scheduling, are you more productive? Um, I don't. I've never noticed that specific occurrence, so I'm, I'm gonna say no. Um, but I definitely can understand how uh, that would work, right? Mm-hmm. Like especially if you have all this video stuff and. Did you even like ignore your inbox and like your your emails and like were you kind of just like focused on that thing? I I ignored all of that like regular workday eight to five. Okay, I nice. just ignored that and then you know I'd sit down after supper on the couch and I like go through and and do emails and stuff. So I I still stayed on top of that for the most part, but it was just kind of like um, if I was a regular person with a regular job and I'd get a couple days off for the holidays, I'm like I basically have not taken any time off since I started my channel from the channel. And so I'm like, I'm just going to give myself a couple days and pretend it's my holiday vacation. There you go. And I just said, this is what I want to do with it. And that's what I did. And it felt really, it felt really good to just be like, uh, I'm not beholden to it. If I get a bug in my butt and want to go do something else, like put together 72 Dettols. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that instead, but I didn't. I was just, I had good momentum. I kept that momentum from Vinci Khan of just, you yeah. take the good vibes and all the painting and whatever. And like, if I just come back and I don't work on this piece for like three days, it'll all be gone. Yeah. All of that momentum may be gone. So. That's good. Um, I don't see. That's when, I, when you first asked that question. That's kind of what I thought about. It was like, okay, well, I broke up my schedule by going to VinciCon, and I was very productive there. But that was because that was the intent of it. I also went in with like a plan to like paint as much as Vince or whatever. And so I kind of went in with like this angle of, okay, I'm going to be as productive as humanly possible just for the sake of this video that I'm working on right now. I wanted to like show off a lot of stuff that you could get done if like that was your singular purpose that you had in mind. Um, I think what helps me the most with productivity and like staying focused is when I like am working on a project that I'm excited about, which sounds like really obvious, but like right now I'm, I'm in this escalation campaign for age of Sigma that you guys all know about and you know about, and it's really exciting. And it's like really exciting to see my army come together. Like I'm at 1340 points right now, a painted soul blight grave Lords. And the more stuff I just keep adding to this army, the bigger it gets. And like, it looks really good. Like I'm really taking my time to paint everything really nicely. Yeah. Um, and so each new addition is like, just keeps making it look like more magnificent and cool to me. And like the, the motivation and the energy just keeps rising. And it's like the closer I get to 2k points, like the more excited I get. And that energy really just encourages me to keep painting more and more. Yeah, that's that's having that external bit of motivation that yeah. it just kind of happens, and you don't have to force it to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I'm already excited because um, I'm going to up in the, in the near future. I'm going to start my new army, and a lot of that is Ooh. like from like inspiration of how you're going about doing yours. Oh, and I cool. real and I really feel like oh, I really. I'm excited to do it like you're doing it. Mm. And so 
STDs? Yeah, I'm going to get all the STDs. Dude. What, what the question is is are you going <clears throat> undivided? Are you going corn? Are you going what are you going? What's well, the mark? Uh, you know, you can have whichever mark on whichever unit. Oh, it's you true. Okay. You can you can mix it up? Yeah. So, yeah, like my Chaos Warriors are going to be Nurgle marked cuz they're defensive as fuck if they're Nurgle marked. And then my fucking Chaos Chosen, who are the the ultimate destroyer of men. Um, they're going to be probably fucking Slanesh because Slanesh can freaking run and charge and scream across the battlefield. Oh, so gosh. they're going to be able to be crunching in and destroying anything. What are you going to do about the scheme? Are you going to do like, okay, here's my scheme. Here's my Slanesh inspired scheme. Here's my Nurgle inspired scheme, but it all kind of feels like it's aligning in the same direction. That's a good question though. I don't want to, at least my thought at this point is, is I don't want to paint a unit mm. with it's it's mark it's chaos mark associated with it right because maybe uh maybe after testing i'll find that it's like oh it's actually better to do the corn inspired chosen or 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 the dudes on horses as opposed to the slanesh ones and then i'd be like oh god right all, now all my fucking chaos chosen have one titty and they're all purple color <laughs> or a new book comes out sure yeah. rules yeah. change yeah so i want them to the, the whole army to feel cohesive but in a way that like that I appreciated the way you do it is that they're not all fucking matchy matchy samey same no. right like it it's you there's enough of a bloodline running through everything so they feel apart but they're all there but it's not just like I use the same five colors on every <laughs> single photo which you are right fucking <laughs> okay. you are right that does make the painting a lot faster like you are able to paint your um, your chaos legion and also that add mech force super quickly because you did use a very restricted like amount of paints that was consistent across the whole army um so that's not fun either it's not fun but they look pretty cool at the the macro level yeah yeah for Um, sure but at the at the individual level there's not a lot of like there's no individuality to anything and Mm -hmm. that's that's a bit little bit of a a a letdown it's just a different approach to it however you want to want to approach it um so yeah, I'm. I'm excited. That's uh, again. I'm. Keep when fucking, is that? When is that going to happen? You fucking talking about shit that we're gonna, supposed to be talking about in the main topic of <laughs> yeah. today's episode. This, this is the carrot at the end of the stick after Golden Demon. I'm assuming. Uh, no, it's it's. I'm going to start. Um, I'm going to start here in the next month or so. Is my first uh, do a video. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's, let's my pause first this chat because now. Yeah, you're totally right. We're getting into the main topic right <laughs> yes. now. Let's get into what we painted. What, what did, okay. I okay. Did you you get any fucking spooge on these ones? Are these... (laughs) (laughs) These are spooge freak. So I I am really... Really, not much progress happened. Let me let me forewarn you. But I am really getting into airbrushing lately. Like, I feel like I'm getting to this point where, like, this is a valuable tool to me in my painting process. And, like, I prefer to use it at least a little bit as opposed to not using it at all. Like, when I'm not Mm. using an airbrush in a video, I'm... I'm trying to be more approachable. Or I'm trying to flex a little bit, but like, I, I don't know. I did so much airbrush work on these miles before I did a paintbrush. So I did like a, a three layer zenithal undercoat, which largely feels unnecessary most of the time. Mm. Like it's just too much work. Yeah. But for the hood, 
I skipped that third step because the hood is this kind of like desaturated blue color. And if I apply yeah. that last highlight, it would kind of blew it out a little bit. So back down the back of the cloak is that third one that kind of brings a little bit more vibrancy. Yes. And also across the rest of the model, like the skin as well. But I just kind of avoided that, that hood part. And then I applied a layer of Vallejo Express colored game ink to the cloak. I applied a brown to the pants. Um, I I just did so much airbrush work before I did any paintbrush work. And then I find, I'm finally starting to get into it now. So I'm I'm really having a lot of fun with my airbrush as of late. And I use a, a wad of HPBH for those that are curious. It's kind of like the the be- slightly better version of the Iwata HPCS, but uh, it's 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 pretty it's markedly more expensive. It's the BH, yeah. So it's the it's the butthole version. The butthole version. Show uh, me your butthole. <laughs> so, okay, you 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 airbrushed the brown on this pants. Yeah. So um, look, dude. I know, and I not none of the cloak, right? I know. That's why I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I expected a little bit of a little bit of poop stain on the underside <laughs> of that cloak, but there was none. Yeah. So it's all about that order operation. So yeah. I I did the brown first, and then I did the teal of the cloak. And the teal ink is translucent, and so when it covers up that brown, it kind of looks a little bit like shadow. Yes. It and does. the teal on dark brown, because it is translucent, doesn't really show up at all because brown is such a dark color. And uh, that teal will only really show up when you apply it to a bright surface in the first place. So making sure you got the order of operations right with an airbrush, like what part of the model you're painting, what colors are you using, stuff like that, really allows you to extend the airbrush process to a much longer uh, place. And also the, the kind of model it is to, it uh, matters as well. Like this guy has a lot of, he has a very open pose, right? Yeah. You can get at these pants pretty easily with yep. not much issue. So again, yeah, not not much progress, but a lot of airbrush work. Um, then that I was pretty happy with, and looking forward to finishing up the unit with uh, with paintbrush now. Yeah, I mean, it's such a you have such a wonderful foundation to it, where it's like you these could be done. Yes, like the the hood part, I'm gonna add like uh, I think a layer of highlight with just that same blue color because there's a little bit of teal toward the bottom of that thing, right? Yeah, a couple of, a bit of that ink kind of snuck up onto that hood thing. So I think one brush highlight with that same blue color will be good. Yeah, because then it'll be more opaque without being such a massive jump. Exactly. That color exists, but it's more opaque. Yeah. Brush. Yep. Exactly. Um, and then uh, the cloak, the teal cloak, I think is done. I might put like some, uh, you know, uh, AK has like that enamel, like dusty wash you can put. I put that on the bottom of the cloak. Um, that looks really nice. But yeah, everything. I don't know what to do with the skin. Uh, on the test model I painted, I did a really rich, warm skin tone. And I don't know at this point if I should just paint it normally, like, you know, shadow color, mid-tone, highlight, or what, what I should do. What do you think? I like, I, I really like this cool, cold-toned skin just as as a base mm-hmm. because it it feels like the faction, right? Yeah. Because it, it feels like it's it's part of um, about who they are, which yeah. I, so I really dig that. The only thing you could do if you wanted to not make it look like they were zombies because it could kind of feel like, oh, they're undead coming from the sea. Um, would just be in um, a little bit in the shadows and take like a um, like a burgundy or a maroon, something like a, the reddish purple spectrum, and just kind of like put that in it almost in like a glaze into the the deeper shadows. Just yeah. like run a couple lines and do a little like black line where that meets their skin meets the the cloak things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a that little bit of warmth. A, it'll be just a little bit of warmth without it like screaming you know, too much. Yeah. And yeah. then it'll make it pop a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise 
It's yeah. funny you mentioned that thing about the skin looking like it belongs in the faction because the art for Silence Men on their unicard has them with this green, desaturated skin tone. Yeah. Like, I don't know the story of Drowned Men and Greyjoy, but... Um, I don't think they're actually drowned, but no, they're it's still, a pretty sweet name. Yeah, yeah, they're still very much so alive. <laughs> yes. um, um, but yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to do with that. If I if I do switch it up and go with a green skin tone or, or whatever, I'm going to have to change that one test model I did, but that's that's not really hard to do. Very exciting. Look at you, like, simultaneously painting different stuff for different armies for different games at Dude. the same fucking time. I know. I We'll talk about this in the uh, the main topic about, like, painting for army versus painting for display, but I get a very different kick from, from both of them. Yes. But yeah, how about what you paint? Um, so, like I said, I finished all six of my zombies that are full zombies um, that are going on the diorama. There are two zombies on the diorama that are like actually mid coming out of the ground. And those I have to wait and paint until I have the whole rest of the the whole base painted because I they're like glued in and underneath they're coming out of the ground. So like the ground stuff is is kind of a, a part of that. But all of the other zombies, which are the number one amount of models um, that are on that piece are zombies. And so those are two that I finished that you hadn't seen. Um and so I, I brought those for you to take a look at. That one on the left, the dude with the pink kind of skin, is the dude that I did for the recent video. After I had painted, I think, four of them. I painted four, testing out all these different kinds of undead skin tones. And no two of the zombies um, had the same skin in the whole thing. And it was at first I was a little bit nervous about that. But I actually think that the, the diversity of it tells a story in and of itself absolutely um you're like it is very obvious that you are intentionally doing that and that's the only important thing to me yeah. it's like you aren't trying to match them you're trying to subtly modify the skin tone each time and it like it it, it definitely reads it's obvious cool. okay that's a good thing because I, I was a little nervous about that but what is it was interesting is that i used the same like first highlight step and even second highlight step for all of them there's a color called deceased flesh um, from AK's third gen that I use to build up in a desaturated way um, to bring the highlights. So that like takes the color out and then no matter what weird color you started with, it makes it read as dead because all the life is gone from it as you build up in the highlights. And it's just enough of sameness in the building up of highlights that I feel like they feel like they live in the same world, right? It's not like this one was painted um in a totally different style than this other one. And they're all going to end up going on the same base. So they don't kind of meld together. So, um, yeah, that was the same. Was I'm so impressed. <laughs> it sounds so dumb, but like, I don't know. This right zombie is so good. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, first of all, I love highlighting magenta with an off green, like yes. the highlights a little bit tinged with green and yeah, that yes. warmth. It looks, it looks great for a zombie. I love it. I painted some of my, uh, you have like these cursed townsfolk from that game, the others, seven deadly sins oh, yeah. that have like tentacles and shit. They have like shit stapled to them. Like yeah, yeah. And so scrolls. I did that same thing with like the magenta and like the green for the highlight. But like this is so this is this is just everything that GW wants in a paint job. Like these are so clean, they're so nice, they pop so insanely well. Um you do, you're doing a really good job on these zombies. I honestly can't wait to see you paint the vampire because, like, this is such a departure from the Nina style that I've yeah. come to understand. Um, yeah, this is actually good. <laughs> no, 
that's not what I'm saying. Like this is like because like the I think it I think what's really impacting it, and maybe I'm stepping on the toes that we want to talk about in the preamble. Sorry, the uh, the extended portion of the podcast, but like started from that midtone, shading down, hiding up. You get such a more vibrant and poppy. Uh, like like look like all over the model from head to toe like as opposed to like considering the model zenithly where it's like I'm gonna try to light this top to bottom and kind of forget about the feet forget about the knees and the shins it's like everything is taken care of mm-hmm. everything on the model and so it's just it makes it it's all very visually appealing well you're doing a great job thank you yeah and it's just a pressure of keeping it up <laughs> um, and I was like yeah, the vampire is gonna be better my dude <laughs> i know she's got to be the best thing on that on that plinth no no pressure so she's the last thing i'm going to paint the last model i'm going to paint before i then do the whole base but there's a lot of work on that base with the big creepy trees and then the bats flying off of it but i still don't know and this is something maybe we talk about in the um in the extended version of the podcast for the goody pp patreon members is i mean you need to pick your brain on this and this is how to approach the dual lighting on that base because it's not as simple as I was kind of thinking it was in my head once I started getting these done and approaching it. So from these, you can see on the front, it's almost like the the sun is rising. It has just gone over the horizon straight ahead of them in the morning and it's like directly pointed straight at them. Okay, so the sun isn't in the sky yet. The sun is like the light source, whatever it is off scene, is basically directly horizontal to the model. And then the light from the back is from above, like the the moonlight or whatever that unholy blue light is, is Mm -hmm. obviously not directly from behind. It's above and coming down. And based on which angle the model is going to be on there, you see where it's hitting which side. So how do you show that on a flat surface that is the base <laughs> and where they meet, where those lights meet? Suddenly my, my brain went cross-eyed as I was trying to, to figure out how to paint that. I have some thoughts. Um, yeah. I don't know if you're going to like them. Um, but uh, yeah, we can talk about that in the- Okay. In the- okay. I, I, wanna, I legitimately need some help on that. And I almost wish I would have brought the thing with because actually it's it's a lot of help holding it and like envisioning and pointing and all that kind of stuff but maybe maybe we do that in a uh, in a future episode too where I, I get to pick your brain on on all of that okay okay cool man this is so cool to see this progress like okay this might sound like phoning in but even if you don't finish it this year like this is still fantastic progress toward this thing like i feel like this is the kind of thing you don't necessarily want to rush right but also i understand the importance of a deadline kind of pushing you to actually finish it um so i don't want to like say it's okay if you don't finish it for this golden theming because i don't want i don't want that i don't want to reduce the urgency you're feeling yeah um but like you know this is like gonna be like a really really cool thing in your painting career yeah. and i feel like i, I want to see it done 100 percent bull sack I do, I do i do want to see it done as well and so i don't cool. feel right now and because i i have had that internal conversation with myself about like do i just push myself and make sure it's done so it's entered do i um like don't don't try to over push it don't try to finish fa- don't try to speed through anything and then if it's done it's done if it's not that's okay. I'll do it for a future year. I don't, what I'm trying to do with myself, the solution that I came up with for the the short term is I am not rushing through anything, but I'm going to consistently be working on it as I can. 
and we'll just see how it naturally happens. My goal is to have by LVO to have all the other models on the that will be on the the base painted other than the vampire before LVO. That would mean end of January I'll have one figure in the base to do and then have have all of that for and I have 2 months to do that. Okay. To finish it. But that also then builds in well extra time on that vampire and really figuring out that base and then everything's together and then I look at it and then I still have time to tweak to soften blends to do whatever that's yeah. that's kind of my goal okay okay um and then so let's get a checklist here six out of six zombies done what's left skeletons. I have three I have three skeletons one is done started one all of his uh, bones are done and all of his red cloth is done. Okay. So okay. I just have to do basically the TMM, which is not going to. TMM. Okay. There's a lot of TMM. Okay. I, I just now made a mental note. Yes, you did TMM for this with the sword. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that is even spicier. The armor on the vampire, is that going to be TMM or are you going to do a color? It, it could be red. Her armor on the book cover is this like screaming in your face, the red chimera red. So are you doing red NMM or are you doing? It's just going to be red armor. Okay. Okay. So it's going to, I want the same kind of coloration feel that they have on that cover, which is it, the brightest it goes is it's to pink. just like a, it doesn't it? go to, does it go to pink? That's a shiny red. Am I crazy? I don't know. We're gonna have to check the tape. Um, but check, yeah, it's check the post in, the other room. My, in my head. It goes to a screaming, like just saturated red. Like okay, that's Chimera fine. the red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but now that I'm thinking about it, it might not be. But that obviously has to be if if it's a shiny, like a shiny metallic red with that goes to pink. I have to do it NMM. I can't do that TMM. Right. It, it's not gonna look clean and crisp and attention grabbing is TMM. Yeah. I think also because it's a, a red and not like a silver or a gold or a copper, you could paint the armor red NMM and still paint TMM silver and gold details and yep. it would it would fit. Yeah. That's that's what I'm leaning on. Which is kind of weird actually. Yeah. Can I say it out loud? Yeah. I never thought about that. I think it works. Yeah, yeah. Either way. Um, so I've got three skeletons, okay. one of which has a banner. I purposely did one that had that you know the scratchy banner from the one from the Chris City box. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, because he's a little a, bit smaller on that one. Yes, it's not a it's not a big full banner, but I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna find a, a official from the book faction whatever. Because nice. right, you gotta be true to the lore. Yeah, yeah. W- which which dynasty are you gonna pick? What? Yeah, uh, I still don't have my book. I, I really want to get a Soulbite Grave Lord book just for that kind of shit. Yeah, like, all the cool art inspiration. You need to track down one of the uh, like collectors <sighs> editions ones. Dude, I would love that red foil. <laughs> like that. It's, that's I, so ha- I have the STD collectors edition one, and it makes me so mad that I don't have the Soulbite one because it's so fucking hot. It's probably like a hundred bucks or something like that on eBay, right? I don't know. I'm going to look her right now. Check it. Live check it eBaying. Out. Live eBaying. So I have those three. I have the one dire wolf that's on there. Okay. And then Four. the vampire. Okay. So finishing three skellies and a dire wolf in January is totes doable. Totes. McGuff. Well, it's it's half. When is LVL? Is it the end of January? Yeah. It's like 26th or 29th. Or okay. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's, that's doable. Um, you know, I'm not counting the stuff on the base, which is there's like there's like four, three and a half packs of bats, but those are almost part of the environment that they're. It's not going to be that you're phoning them in, but just how much detail and how much crispness and attention grabbing you're going to put to them is going to be less. I want I want them to feel more 
in the background. In the background, right? And there's still going to be some nice little crisp, like blending up to a pink and the little cute little pink snoots. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and little the, glossy eyeball glints. Pink, pink. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's going to be there, but like the majority of the bat is just kind of in in shadowy grayish brownish kind of a thing. So okay. Um. So yeah, there's not that many. I mean, the dire wolf is. <laughs> they're not a small mock. No, boy. they're not. They're not. Um, luckily it's, well, actually you're using the new model. Yeah. Is there a lot of different material on that? Like there's some rotting flesh there's some fur, there's some bone, there's some there organs visible. Like what can you see in that? Um, model? not, uh, yeah, there, there is some differentiation, which is good because it allows me to give those crispy black lining of where the flesh is there. And then I'm probably going to over accentuate the color of that. Mm -hmm. Be more of like an irritated, um, looking flesh. So it has some attention grabbing areas to it but the majority of that whole body is just fur okay and so okay. that's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit harder good thing they sculpt in a lot of the little the little tips of the fur coming out yeah so i can have a little bit of a pushing the um pushing the edge highlights and stuff there yeah. but and the detail is sculpted large enough to be paintable yes like a, a badly sculpted fur which is like green stuff with a knife run through it yeah it's just like hard and undefined all the edges are like razor thin and microscopic um, but they they're good about giving you enough surface area on scale model fur to actually have some kind of like edge highlight some highlighting going on so yeah that's good stuff yeah uh, so that's it that's that's okay. what I need to I do. have faith I have faith I'm waiting for vampire lady though gotta have faith uh, so uh, one thing I was pretty excited with with my skeleton, I wish I had a picture. Maybe I'll send a picture to Alex and he can show it on the screen right now, is the old bone recipe that I came up with for the skeleton. So I want that aged bone, mm -hmm. almost like sepia yellowy mm -hmm. bone. That's why that's what I like my skeletons to be, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they've been sitting in some kind of a damp area for generations. It's almost moldy, but not really. And so... There's those like this yellowy ochery saturation that goes into like a rusty, um, good old armor brown for you, all the shadows. Do you use ochre as like a midtone? I use rucksack tan by P3, which is a beautiful ochre that is on the like the side of like a like a worn satchel kind of color. Okay, okay. And then I go build up with ivory and go down with a burnt umber for the shadows. Okay. And it's, I'm really happy with that. So I'll send you a picture so you can take a looky-loo. All right, all right. And then I wanted the, the cloth on the skeletons to feel in the same home as the, the armor that the vampire's going to have. Okay. But it's obviously going to be more old and more worn and tattered and stuff. And I'm going to do on the bottom of their ratty um, uh, cloaks the same thing that I did Dusting. with this. With this dusting of of the kind of kind of old things, it's I really like how that turned out on the couple of zombies that I did it on. Yeah, and, and it's gonna tie together all yeah. these slightly different painted like skin tones and like the armor versus non-armored models, having little details like that, like using the exact same Chimera red on both models, but just like treating one more as old and worn and one is more shiny and polished is gonna really tie the whole diorama together. That and the OSL effect. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the whole other. Yeah, wormy worms. I mean, have have fun painting red and MM with two light sources. One is colored. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be interesting, you know. Like, what's a blue light looking red shiny armor? Uh, well, I talked through in the video how I do that with with all of these surfaces. In the 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 simple Simon, the solution is is you have your color workup for the the blue. It's because gonna be that that's the same across everything. The only difference is for that starting point 
of the first highlight of the blue, you mix in just a little bit of the base color of whatever that surface is on the front side. So for her, this kind of like olive greeny dress, on the back, we're mixing that blue in, there's a little bit of that olive green mixed in, and then I just build up the highlights with nothing, um, no added bits of that color. So there's just like a hint of that color is, is different. If you look at the different surfaces from the back, they're not all the exact same blue. There's just a little bit of a difference that is the influence of the base color. And in a in a light situation, how much of that base color shows is vastly dependent on the intensity of the light, the color of the light, the material it's reflecting off material, of. Material, yeah, yeah. Um, the how much other like non-colored light is is visible there to show you that true color. And so I wanted it to be, you know under a blue pale blue moonlight you're gonna get very little influence of the true color and so i want it to be there but just faintly enough to there's some interest of the, the all these blues are just slightly different mm, um but okay. not enough to really i don't want to overdo it i don't want to overthink it and so if i'm going to go with that i'm going with that with everything um across the the, the whole diorama from the back side it gets a little bit interesting with that red armor because it's reflective <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah i think i could definitely see the difference in the blues for sure and i think that it doesn't even need to make sense from a reality perspective yeah. for golden demon they don't care about that shit um i mean if it is or it isn't it doesn't matter as long as you are executing it falsely like that's what's consistency consistency that is yeah, absolutely and this is looking good um why didn't you paint the dagger with some of that blue moon on it um uh, that's a good question maybe forgot <laughs> okay okay because yeah it's like i look at the back and everything is kind of bluish but that maybe i mean she's kind of holding the deck or kind of a weird angle so she's po- she's like pointing it at what i would imagine the direction of the light source is coming from mm-hmm. but then again i have no idea where she's going to be in the diorama yeah if you look at the at the nail it's in the dude's head that's all tmm but there's i glazed over a little bit of that blue on that silver to give a little bit of a shine to that. It's yeah. probably what I should do with that dagger. Yeah, yeah. Um, possibly. Also, the rust part wouldn't be shiny, and it would catch light in a very similar way to to the fabric because they have similar yeah. levels of reflectivity. Um, but, yeah, that, that's that's all the nuanced shit that you figure out when you start putting models on the base. You determine the final direction and location of that blue light. Yeah. Making little micro adjustments. Yep, that's It's going to it. be good. It's going to be good. Oh, doggy. Well, for the topic. Well, first we need to talk about today's sponsor. We don't have a sponsor today. <laughs> but there is no sponsor for today. So if you guys are enjoying this podcast, consider supporting us on one of our couple of areas where you can support us, namely our Patreon or on our Teespring. Both things linked down in the description below. Through our Patreon, you can get access to an extended episode. We chat about things like new models from other painters that we're excited about that they painted up or sculpted. We talk about things like giving feedback to one of our community members. So as a patron, you get to supply feedback uh, for us to give uh, during an episode live, live and unhinged. Uh, And lastly, we talk about new things we've experimented with, new tools, new techniques, and how those things turned out. So that's what you get with extra 20, 30 minutes of podcast of us yammering on. Lastly, you can also buy shirts. You can buy sweatpants. You can buy maybe coffee mugs. 
from our Teespring link down in the description below. I think so. Yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> I, I swear oh, we yeah, have yeah, cup. There is. Coffee mugs at home. <laughs> yes, yes, there is. Or but, here, somewhere. Yeah. But we appreciate that support uh, we do. a ton. We do. And there's, a, there's another thing. First of all, we appreciate the support that we get that helps keep the podcast going through Patreon, that we can do an episode like this when nobody out there is nice enough to want to sponsor us. That's fine. They have to Nice sleep enough, with, yeah. They have to sleep with themselves at night. We don't. Mean people. God. But let's say you're associated with a brand in the miniature hobby. Maybe there's a brand that you really like or a friend of you, yours uh, owns a company or, or works at a company in the miniature hobby. Why don't you suggest to them, why, why don't you guys like sponsor an episode of Trapped Under Plastic? You know, if it's hobby related, those are the kind of people that we want to we wanna help, um, you know, support as they support us. And we get to talk about the cool things in the hobby. So, you know, uh, if you, you just poke somebody. Like, yeah. I really like this painter. I really like these grass tufts, or I really like this 3D printer, or whatever. And why don't you poke and be like, hey, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good opener. Go, go a sponsor trapped in plastic, or I'm gonna throw my toenails at you. <laughs> I'm a I'm a toenail chewer. Dude, you get all up in there like a monkey and you have your foot up to your mouth? No, just the hands. I'm not a fucking mongrel. Dude, my I remember as a little kid. My dad would be doing that while we're watching TV. At this point, like my dad was older when we were when I was born, um, so my dad was probably like almost fifty years old, and he's sitting there, and has his fucking foot up to his mouth. Oh, and dude, the the grossness at the time was what caught me. But in in retrospect, I'm just impressed. Yeah, he could do that. Yeah, dude, as a fifty year old man, yeah, he's limber. Yeah, apparently, I don't. I was like, I can't do that. I mean, I could, but I would. It would be uncomfortable. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it for any extended period of time. He's watching a whole fucking episode of Mash. No, just sitting there chomping away. No, thank you. And just do 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 do. Never watch Mash. Have no idea what the jingle is. Not missing out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm chewing fingernails and I'm kind of just spitting them out willy nilly. Every once in a while, my wife will find one and she'll be like, "What's this? Did you do this?" And like, you know, I, I'm leaving on the dogs. I'm always the one who did it. You know, the question. Yeah, no it's question. A, it's a rhetorical question. She's just trying to make me feel bad. Yeah, but I, I, I kind of, you know, it's, I'm, I'm proud about. It. I'm like, yes, that is mine. I named it Steve. <laughs> <laughs> that is Steve's decaying corpse on our carpet. <laughs> You could just blame it on me because I chew my fingernails and be like, "Well, John was here. He must have. Uh, he must have done it." John was here like six months ago. Was yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Now that we don't record in your basement anymore, it's harder to pull that off. Though. Yeah, that's definitely me. that's definitely tricky. Yeah, but she's not gonna believe anymore now that I I I gave her a pizza, and now she's gonna be like, "No, John gave me a pizza. He wouldn't do this in my house." Yeah, you said that I couldn't have that pizza at all. Uh, my I believe my exact words are, "Scott isn't allowed to have any," and as you're eating it, you need to look him in the eye and go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the uh the, the paypal invoice yes like it was yeah. yes it was okay fine it's a legally binding contract <laughs> <laughs> by uh, accepting this money <laughs> i hereby agree to not allow scott to have any but he has to be able to smell it i don't i don't i don't want your dirty blood money pizza mm-hmm. there is no soul blight grave lord collector's battle tome on ebay as far as i can tell i've tried three different search terms and i'm not getting anything so feels bad man yeah i guess you have to yeah you put so black gravelers battle tome that it, it would have those words even if it wasn't a collector so you'd grab it oh i didn't even try that i should try that yeah but anyways let's get on 
to today's topic. And we're talking about our tube channels, where we want them to go in 2023. Yeah, goals for 2023. This is by James the Writer Goblin. He he requested this topic. Hashtag goals. Our YouTube channels, the podcast. The podcast. What's our goals for 2023? And our personal goals? To figure out why I have tummy aches. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the personal goals because... Uh, this is going to be a short one. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, I need to put together all of those Detolfs. The 27 Detolfs. <laughs> wall, the, the Detolf wall uh, m- must be built. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's kind of related to my other, other stuff, but it's like one of those things you can push off. It's important, but it's not urgent, right? Yeah. This is a fucking phrase that all the time in my, back when I worked as a corporate stiff, phrase that would people would say i'd hear this phrase like three times a week well is it is it uh urgent and important or is it important and not urgent and the important but not urgent stuff is the stuff that never gets done it never gets done (laughs) but it should right it's like quality of life improvements that would like make your day-to-day operations like you know like five seven percent easier right right it's like setting up the your like personalized macros for a video game the first time you sit down and mm-hmm. you go in settings mm-hmm. and you get all that it's like nope i don't want that to be spacebar i want that to be the left shift key mm-hmm. you know if you do it the first time at the very beginning you've made your quality of life so much better here's every time you log in here's a question for you are you a are you a crouch with left control or c kind of man uh definitely c are you a toggle kind of man for ads and for crouch or are you kind of a I, I want to crouch for as long as I'm holding the button for. It's to- it's got to toggle. You toggle? Yeah, You're a toggler? Yeah, a toggler. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, because I want to be able to crouch, then free my fingy from that seat. Okay. And then be able to go through those bushes. Okay, okay. Now, if they catch me and they start shooting at me while I'm in the bushes, sometimes I freak out and I forget that I'm still crouched. <laughs> 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 walking around. It's like, oh, and I'm fucking dead and I don't You're even like, know Why it am yet. I so slow? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm dead already and I don't even know it. And like, I just forget about it. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't fucking unsee myself. I'm right. running away like a turd. We know that John is a toddler gamer now. Which yeah. there's, there's no right way. I was just curious. Yeah. You know, you got you got to get those side mouse buttons. Ideally, you get your side mouse button set up for such things as as, as the crouch. Okay. Um. You know, your hot your hot cast, all those kind of things. But usually, I'm too lazy to set those up until I've really gotten into a game, and then my brain's already wired in what button it's attached to. So, what are we talking about? We're talking about like setting up macros for like doing your Google Calendar. The fuck are you doing? Your, what are you doing right now? Fucking, what were you doing with your lips? I was I was I was like checking, was checking my, my moisture levels. Okay, you kind of like a heroin addict there a little bit. Yeah, I just. <laughs> All right, we're talking about things and goals and stuff. Yeah, I want to eat less treats, motherfucker. Okay, I have. Uh, this is really bad because I have one right now. I went uh, eight days without caffeine. And it was mostly just because I bought all that fucking sparkling ice water from oh, that Vince had. Yes. And that shit doesn't have caffeine. And I have out of do's. And so I was just drinking that instead. And I was like, oh, shit. It's been over a week since I had a Mountain Dew. Oh, shit. I haven't had caffeine. I don't know that I'm a better person without it. Okay. I feel like I'm a better person with it. Yeah. You know. That's what Big Soda wants you to think. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's what PepsiCo. Yeah. They're not going to let me have that Harrier jet. And they're not going to let me live without caffeine. Yeah. 
You watch that uh, documentary? I think there was that guy who like he like won an airplane or like an airplane ride, but like they never fulfilled it, right? Like yeah, it's a, it a Harrier jet. It was okay. a Pepsi points thing. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't get it though, right? No, he still never got. Oh, I. Spoilers. That's the end of the podcast or the end of the um, uh, documentary. It's a four-part documentary. It's like four episodes. <laughs> Each one's only like like 30, 40 minutes, but okay, it's four okay. episodes. It's a really interesting story about how Pepsi uh, are a bunch of fucking idiots, <laughs> and they didn't let the guy get his 7 million Pepsi points for Harrier Jet. God damn it. Um, but anyway. Anyway. Anyway, they also they got me with the caffeines. So, I, I mean, I have it. I don't get headaches from it. But I also realize when I don't drink it, because when I drink it, it doesn't matter what time of day it is. Like I don't give a fuck. I'll just, I'll just fucking caffeinate up. Crack that 10 p.m. Let's go. Yeah, and I'll go. I did discover that I actually, like, I fall asleep so fast if I don't have caffeine once it gets to about somewhere between 10 and 11 p.m. Yeah. Two times in the last week, I'm reading my book in bed, mm -hmm. and I fall asleep with the book out and the light still on, and I wake up at like four in the morning and the light's still on <laughs> and the book is there. And I gotta forget which fucking page I was on. <laughs> Two times that's happened. It's never happened before with me ever. So uh, it must be the lack of caffeine in the nighttime. It's just like my brain's just like off. Are you sleeping better? Are you more rested when you wake up? Um, I don't, I haven't noticed any real difference. Okay. So, okay. Uh, you know, it's, it is it is what it is. I don't know if the goody peepees care about our personal lives. No. No, with less yeah. less treats, more tendies. That's tendies. that's our personal lives. More maybe different tendies. Maybe try out some some more tendies. Spread our tendy wings. Do we want to do that today for lunch? Do we, that like where would we where would we go? I, I don't fucking know yet, but <laughs> like, I, I I'm a little bit excited. Now. Okay, let's do it. Like, like, let's, be a, let's be let's <laughs> be get some scratch offs. Let's do. Let's get some scratch offs, some funyuns, and some quick trip tendies. <laughs> Um, but they have those spots. Okay, here's the other thing about Quick Trips, and I don't know if they all have this, but I think they all do. Dude, they got a little fucking counter, and the front at the front of the Quick Trip, they have a whole line of windows. It's off to the side of the front of the front doors, and there's like this is like a little half counter where it just runs out all the way down. You can sit there and eat or do whatever. Who knows? And they look the the they just looks out into the parking lot where everyone is filling up with gas. And every time I walk in and I see someone by themselves, like eating their breakfast, Sammy, sitting there on those uh at that counter, I just I feel like they're the most sad person alive. <laughs> so if we did that, we would just be like we'd be that person. We'd, we'd be, be that person. person. And maybe they're not sad people. Maybe I just have been counting these people out. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I guess we have to figure it out for ourselves. Try it out. See how sad we feel maybe, when we do it. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, let's find something else today. I even have his Popeyes. I don't. Have you ever had the Popeyes tendies? I have not. I haven't either. I always get the bone and chicken there. Okay, maybe maybe some tendies. Maybe I'm game for anything. I'm I am up for living life to a fullest today. Okay. <laughs> it's a new leaf in 2023. <laughs> yes, Dude. new tendies, new tendy love. Yeah, maybe we, we mix tendies with other other yeah, foods. Yeah, Canes has spurned us right now. We've we've heard nothing from their executives. We've we've given them so much love, nothing in return. Yeah. So now we're gonna find a new bay. Yeah, we're gonna like uh, the shirts. Like we have we have Canes shirts with puppy dogs on them. Yeah, what the we've fuck? worn those on the podcast. Yeah. Nothing. 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 All right. Anyways. <laughs> anyways, we're not salty. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's let's talk let's. about. 
our individual channels and then we'll end with the podcast. So is there certain things that you want to do differently or to grow with or or any any different way you're approaching 2023 yeah. from the YouTube perspective? Absolutely, yes. Um, I go through seasons of like wanting to be the kind of YouTuber that really cares about like retention and stats and shit or just being the kind of person that's like, I want to have fun and make a fun video. I don't really care what the title is or the, or the thumbnail. And right now, I'm, I'm very much so in a. I want to make like very well performing videos. Mm-hmm. And so I've you know thinking a lot about thumbnails, thinking a lot about editing, how to open a video. Like you might have seen in the last couple of videos, I start with like you know subtitles in the beginning of the video, and that they're like really punchy and like really energetic. And that's because most people start a video. Maybe like they'll they'll scroll through it in their feed and like it'll play with no audio, right? Mm. And so with subtitles, the person who's pooping can like look at their phone and be like, okay, the video is about this. And it's like super high energy and super engaging and that might allow them to come back later to watch it because they, they got some context. Um, so I've been like looking into a lot of like strategies like that, trying to improve my channel. And I, I still, I'm still kind of in that season where I'm like really wanting my videos to perform well. And so I kind of want to keep researching that kind of stuff. What's the best for viewer attention? How do I get that CTR higher? I'm kind of like that kind of guy right now. Oh man, you're you're balls deep. I'm balls deep. Yeah. That's and I've done that. You know, I've been that guy like two or three times over like these last seven years. Um, especially when it's starting out. You know, I was like before I even started making videos, I was like watching all these videos about like what are the best practices. Like, and I was like fucking taking notes and shit. Um, so I'm feeling that way right now and I'm feeling it carry over into 2023. I feel like that kind of a thing, you and I are similar in this regard. And I, I kind of just thought like, oh, that's kind of how everyone is, but I don't think it is. And that is it ebbs and flows. Yeah. How much that kind of the, kind of the, the dirty back office ver like what, what is YouTube? Yeah. How much that you utilize that, how much you kind of lean into it, how much you just simply avoid it. And I'm at a, I'm at kind of at a different part of like I'm I'm not caring about that anymore. I feel like I'm not that I don't care about it. It's that like I kind of figured out how I go about titling videos and how I go about like my style of doing the thumbnails. And so I've got a system or a rhythm there of things that I feel conf- vaguely confident in. And so I am not going to give more of my energy to that right now. And I'm going to go with what I've been doing with that. And instead I'm going to refocus on, um, to me, what is, what seems fun, what seems silly, what excites me. Mm -hmm. And then what are the things I already find myself wanting to do and turning that into fun videos. Yeah. You know, I don't want to just chase the dragon of this is what I think people will want or this is what I think people will click on. Um, And honestly, the kinds of videos in the last year that I did that kind of ended up doing really well, like the Slap Chop 2.01, that one, I didn't do that video because I thought it was what people wanted and what I thought like, oh, this is going to get a lot of clicks because everyone's doing chat, Slap Chop right now. I did that video because I had heard the phrase. I didn't know what the fuck it was. And then I stumbled across Rob's original video, not knowing that it was a big deal or that it was kind of a big buzz thing. And I was just like, oh, this is really interesting. I wonder how I can learn from this and tweak it 
to to see how much I can improve it with little extra work. And it and it it was like, oh, I didn't realize I was kind of stepping into a a, a viral kind of content. Yeah. And I I want to continue to do that where despite myself, things just end up going well or they don't. But it's mostly because of like, oh, this is really interesting. And I know Rob and he's a friend of ours. He's a cool guy. I reached out to him and he's like, oh, yeah, man, do blah, blah, blah. I'm like, can you do the silly intro with me? Mm -hmm. That's a whole premise of the whole thing and let it go Um, instead of trying to chase the dragon and and schedule out each of the next 12 months of videos. And here's how this whole um series is going to grow on itself and stuff like that i was like i don't i'm not adult enough to do that i can't do what guy and emil are doing where they it's like it's this has turned into a dozen plus videos on this topic i'm like i'd be bored (laughs) i'd be bored after video three i can't do that you guys got way way more uh commitment yeah it's like energy to like carry through with like a massive project like that um, but I would say that chasing the YouTube dragon and coming up with a fun YouTube idea aren't mutually exclusive, but yeah. like everyone's got a certain number of hours or energy in a day to spend on something. And if you're going to spend more time thinking about like what's going to be successful on YouTube, you're spending less time on other parts, right? Yeah. Or you're just spending more overall time on each individual video, which is what I'm finding myself doing right now. Like my last three or four videos, have all ended in me pulling all nighters or like being here till five in the morning to finish the fucking edit. Um, and that's, that definitely just, just because that's kind of the kind of person I am. Like I always wait until the last minute to finish things. And you know, so that is actually saying that out loud. Now that's something that I really want to change about YouTube for myself. I, um, I committed to, there was this life coach that reached out to me a long time ago and I, I kind of, I did one meeting with them. I decided I didn't have time to think about if that was worth it or not to me. So I kind of put it to the wayside. But now this year I kind of re-explored this process of like having someone who is like not attached to YouTube and is a third party viewer of like my business kind of like just talk to me through the process. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm seeing a, a life coach this next year and I really want to figure out the exact amount of content that I want to make in a set period of time, how much time it takes to do that such that I'm not the guy that's here on a Thursday night until five in the morning, finishing an edit, hoping the sponsor sees my email at 6am and says, yes, it's good. You can publish it today. Cause like I used to be like, I used to finish a video a week early, give the video to the sponsor. They had a fucking week to review it. And I can make any changes and then I publish it the next Friday. I used to be that person. I, don't, I really want to get back to having my schedule like on fucking lock. Yeah. Like, all figured out. This is what I can do. If someone asks me, hey, can you do this? I'd be like, no, I can't. I, like I know what I can accomplish in a week. And this yeah. is the bandwidth I have for like extra shit. Um, I would love to figure out my schedule 100%. That's balance, man. Yeah. That's just finding that balance. And that's where it's, it's, this is such a different, a, a big jump from... Uh, you work in a standard job where it's like you kind of don't have to worry about that for the most part because it's like well i'm here from eight till five monday through friday and that is those are some really sweet barriers like that is it like maybe if you're on on salary and it's like well there's a project needs to get done i'm going to stay an extra hour tonight to make sure i get on top of it or whatever but because i'm there monday through friday eight to five i work with my time to make sure if i have deadlines or things i need to get done there's enough time in a week that I can ensure that that happens. When we 
and those barriers are taken down when you do this for yourself. Plus, it's working in an industry in YouTube that will take every drop every that drop. you have are willing to give it. And it will reward you for it. Yes. That, and so when you mix this attitude of chasing the dragon because you're super into it and you start doing these things where you're pulling all-nighters, this is where you get burned out, right? Yeah. Do that for six months, you're fucking dead for three months. Like you're yeah. dead inside. <laughs> um, so I'm very cognizant of that and I'm trying to, and I've been through this. I, I've experienced this fucking, this lull in energy at least two times. And so I know it's going to happen if I don't address it now. So I'm trying to address it now in, in certain ways. Yeah. And finding that, that, that f cool balance because it's like, well, look, you could put out a video every three days and not get burnt out. But the way you do that is to have a staff of like 15 employees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even then you have to micromanage all of those people and make sure that things are going right. And you still have to put your final stamp on it. And then it's how much of it is it you anymore? And then, you know, all these kinds of things. And, and, and it's like, I also, it's like, I want to live a life where it still feels wholly me. I don't have to have a full staff of people to just do what I want to do, which is just have fun and make videos that I think are, are fun and funny that make me laugh thinking about the things and make me feel like I'm working towards a project that I'm really passionate about and that that will organically show itself in the video. Mm -hmm. And I found in last year, um, I found a balance that for the most part, it didn't burn me out, but it got me like right up to that edge oftentimes. And that was... My, my regular schedule was two weeks, two weeks on, one week off in terms of video releases. So that would alternate. So it would be like this Friday, I have a video coming out. Next Friday, I have a video coming out. Friday after that, I don't. And then it repeats. Two on, one off. Two on, one off. And how, why that worked for me, this is not me saying this is how you should do it, but it allowed me to schedule the projects that were going to take a more effort and more painting, more kind of in-depth stuff on the weeks that didn't have a video coming out. And then innately, the next week when it was all the editing and all the pulling together and doing the sponsor stuff, whatever, I, I'd be able to do that. And the week after, it was one I'd, I'd schedule where it was, it was a less heavy lift. I'm not painting 50 models for this one. And so it made me stay relevant in YouTube, but not kill myself in the process. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing that's interesting is that I used to schedule, think about my video topics in advance and I don't do that anymore. Like I have no idea what my next video is going to be after this shitty end of year video that I make every year. Um, and I'm always thinking of it, thinking of it last minute. And so like to have like a strategy meeting, even if it's just by myself at the beginning of a month, but okay, I'm going to make these two videos, these three videos this month. And like thinking about all that ahead of time means that I don't have to think about it at all. And like you could even like ask sponsors like, okay, first come first serve. If you like here are my three videos I'm making, you can pick which topic you think is going to best resonate with your brand. Um, and they could, you know, based on date, based on, you know, release time, based on uh, subject matter. And that'd be like an even better thing to offer them like as a, you know, as a customer of yours. So yeah, like all those ideas, like, all like the software engineering ideas that I learned being in corporate America, like to make the whole process more efficient and go more smoothly. 
I would love to incorporate that um, to to have more of a stable schedule. Is there anything new for that? Like you want to do this new thing yes. for your channel this year? Yes. So the entire year, I have a document about video ideas that I want to make, and I made a new section in that document for YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, TikToks ideas that I want to make. And so I'm at like 15 ideas or so right now, and I want to I want to I want to splice in some shorts content because I feel like. I used to make a lot of skits and skits are kind of like where, I don't know, where shorts thrive a lot. And I want to try some, try some skit stuff, try some like short tidbit informational stuff with uh, like a nine by 16 cell phone style shot video. Um, I want to, I want to give that a shot and see if uh, that like improves my channel at all. If that helps my other platforms at all. I want to see if it's worth getting into TikTok. Like I'm curious about it. I'm curious like, if it, if you have a solid idea and you put it out into the internet, if like it just kind of like, like how viral a thing can be on TikTok, because I'm seeing all these all like really new and fresh creators making TikTok shit, and it's going super crazy, um, and it's like amazing. Okay, I, I'm trying to figure out what works on that platform. You know, trying to like, I think when TikTok first came out, because I knew it came from Musically and I hated Musically, I was kind of just, I kind of hated TikTok, but like my wife has been showing me a lot of TikToks. Like she has this, this, this. Uh, this what she does every night where she like she like likes tiktok throughout the day and then shows me a couple at the end of the day like that are funny and shit so i've been, I've been like kind of like watching them and learning from them trying to figure out what works on the platform and so i'm kind of uh i'm feeling excited to try out some short stuff uh you, did she always show you any of the ones where the, the cats then their cats are or animals that are talking <laughs> oh, dude those are the fucking hilarious like people do a voiceovers <laughs> of funny scenes or usually they're cats but they're all their other animals as well i mean there's a lot of animal content yeah it's hilarious <laughs> i love that shit um i'm doing a little bit of thinking and, and reading and, and talking to different people in the um that i know from my previous life in marketing communications about mm -hmm. shorts and about tiktok mm -hmm. it's really interesting stuff about how that format to no surprise t to anybody is set up to keep continue to make you swipe Oh yeah, and, and to, to spend your time there and not leave. Yeah, and because what we do is what we're trying to get people to um, stay on our channel. <laughs> yeah, come to come to the the main spot, which is the YouTube videos, the full length versions. The data is showing that the conversion rate is terrible. Possibly, yeah. Um, it's still exposure. It's still reminders of, of who you are and your, your brand and your channel and all those kind of things. But the, the data that I've been seeing in terms of return on investment on it is not high, specifically because um, unlike a lot of different things that take advantage of shorts, like we've got a deep well of things we want to talk to you about in a 15 plus minute video sure yeah and in yeah. in the hobbying the actual takeaways that that format does not benefit from yeah but you can look at bite-sized things though right yeah i mean i've got i mean obviously i you know both of us have a, a bunch of silly our intros silly off cuts a little skits yeah skits, and all yeah. that kind of stuff that like oh that's fucking perfect for that yeah exactly We're, um so yeah, I'm totally totally with you there. I in terms of a new thing for me this year, um, I did my first product this year in 2022, mm -hmm. which was that something I fulfilled myself. Uh, my wife does not want me to do a new one anytime soon because of <laughs> all the work she did in um, the labels and the shipping, and everything. She obviously uh, 
helped a lot with that, which I'm very grateful for. And I wanted to like buy her something nice or do something nice to, to thank her. And she doesn't want that. She's like, I want time. <laughs> her love language is time. Oh yeah. And That's so, uh, I'm like, damn, I can if I buy you a clock. <laughs> <laughs> she did not think that was funny when I, I said that joke uh, in general. She doesn't think I'm very funny, but, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I I'm not going to, I mean, I have ideas for stuff. I, I have a couple ideas of things I really wanted to do, but um, got another product you want to make? Yeah, I got two, but um, I don't want to talk about them right now because then, um, if they don't happen in 2023, then um, you know, everyone would feel bad, or someone else will steal the idea. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I want to try to make a limited edition model line. Try to kind of tap into that. Spira Miralis oh, energy. Yeah. So like I have a couple ideas for models that don't really fit into what I would imagine a fantasy world or a fantasy game might be. So the characters I'm making right now could exist in a game that I want to e- exist in the future um, that I haven't really talked about a lot. We talked a little bit about game design here and like what a game would look like if we made one. Um, and all the models that I've been making so far would fit into that kind of world. Um, but I have a couple ideas for just kind of crazy ones that wouldn't. And I want to try to do a really fancy box with like really fancy, like extra features that you don't normally get in a model kit. And I'm not just talking about packaging. I'm talking about like, uh, other things that I don't want to spoil, but like when you buy a model, it's largely just plastic stuff in there. But, um, I have a, an idea for like different kinds of materials that might come with the model, kind of taking a little bit of inspiration from the, the action figure community to make like the, the model like really unique and different. Um, mm. and, uh, just see if I can kind of deliver on that kind of like really f- cool feeling limited edition kind of like hype. Yeah. It's all about the, I think there's a ton to learn from, um, like the collector's edition versions of shit, like collector's yeah. edition versions of video games. Oh yeah, and of like the, the, the these high end resin statues and mm-hmm. and collectible figures. So, yeah. um, I just pre ordered the collector's edition box of Diablo Four. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred dollars, and it doesn't come with the game, which is weird. Um, what? Yeah, it's just what all do you the, fucking get? You get you get the fucking. Primo Collector's Edition hardcover gold embossed fucking Art of Diablo book, which but is sexy. Why the fuck would it not come with a game? I'm so confused. I, I had the exact same question. <laughs> okay. It comes with a cloth-ass map. <laughs> cloth-ass map, dude. Bro, you want that cloth-ass map of, of fucking Diablo world? I do. It I comes do. with this metal as fuck candle. Yeah. With like a yeah, dude, sick candle, sick, dude. Sick candle? Can I play the video game though? Um, nope. I guess it's because it's like this big, awesome box that opens from the center. Like you, you. There's the the game is for all these different like different systems and stuff or whatever. I still think it should come with like an online redemption code of pick yeah. which, pick whichever system you want. Like make it cost forty bucks more and give me the fucking game. Like what, like yeah. the, the, the packaging is strange. Yeah, it, um, it's odd. It comes it comes with other stuff too, and I can't remember, but I'm sure the goody PBs that are fans of the 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 true. Uh, undead nasty demon world game that is Diablo will uh, will appreciate but yeah uh, but I'm thinking for that you know like oh man there's all these like, cool uh, things 
Yeah. That people love and people love to buy. I know. Maybe like, like soundtrack, dude. You want like a soundtrack of this mini dude, little soundtrack, dude? Like just ship, ship them out with a fucking movie in it, dude. Yeah. Like it's got shit in it. Like here's why you're wrong. <laughs> a little fucking button to push on the yeah, model. It's a little keychain that just has Vince V bust, dude. He quotes. It's got like that little nutcracker jaw that kind of opens up. <laughs> <laughs> closes. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> Vincey V Bust Nutcracker Edition. Christmas next year, baby. Yeah, or- the underside of the bust, you push one of three buttons. <laughs> yeah, little voice lines. It just says, sure. <laughs> but you got to paint your own Vincey V your own way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs> just for the joke. Yeah, stuff like that. So I don't, I don't know if I'm going to have like a, a special name for it or like a special box that it comes in. But uh, yeah, I got a lot of got a lot of fun ideas to. Um, I don't know. I, I, we haven't seen like a, a super high quality collector's edition model yet. Like we've we've seen whispers of it, but I think I think it can be really pushed further. Yeah. Uh, here's the key though. It's still got to be a good model. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure, but for sure. I. Uh, yeah, I, I really want to get more into that process. Like I thought about for one of these models that I want to make. I was like. I want to, <laughs> this might seem a little extra and it probably is. I want to hire uh, someone who is, has like the facial structure that I want for the character to come in and put on the costume for the model that I want them to wear or close to it and photograph them with different facial expressions, different poses so that my concept artist has somewhere to start from and they're not guessing. Um, that feels incredibly extra, but like I, <laughs> I really want to dial in exactly what I want. And it's like really easy if you have a live human here to be like, try out these 15 different poses and looks just to see what they all look like. Because the way concept art works, at least with my current artist, is that she gives me one, sorry, two to three poses of like a very rudimentary drawing. Yeah. I pick one, I pick a hybrid of two or three, and then we kind of hone it in more and more and more. And so just to start with like 10 different images and know exactly what I want is something that's kind of appealing sounding. But yeah, I don't know if that's worth it. You need him in here with the green screen with the ping pong balls all over him and then the green suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And so you can like motion capture them. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to fucking do a mocap for this shit. Make separate silly faces. (laughs) I wonder how much it would cost to have Steve Buscemi to come in here and do that Steve Buscemi poses. Yeah, I don't know anyone famous. I'm, oh, talk, I'm talking about like Craigslist actor here, you know? Oh, yeah. Eey. Okay. Like basically the only thing that matters is that you are like the, the, you look like what I want the character to look like. So if I'm imagining an Eastern Asian person, like a male or a female with dreads, without dreads, am I talking? They need to have the same haircut, bro? It, it makes it all easier. <laughs> if, if the closer they are to the character that I'm imagining in my head, the, the more like on point the drawing is going to be um but that you know that it sounds uh, that's a certain way to do concept art and that's very specific i don't know if it's worth it oh yeah i i'd like to also i don't know if i will release models in um, why not 2023 just fucking do it john i have i have my 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 small lineup of what i want made i know what the five figures are i know i want them uh 32 millimeter gaming size i want them to be used i have this whole the whole aesthetic, I even narrowed down the concept um, artist. Um, I don't know if she's available because she's kind of famous to do like the the character concepts, the box art, whatever. Um, but uh, I just got to start the process. So my goal in 2023 is is 
knock over the first couple of dominoes, and then I think I will feel like it will continue to be um, be going in the right direction. Okay, good. You just got to email that concert artist, get the ball rolling. I know. I need get a little mood board her. together. Yeah, she's she is the uh, she is the artist that uh, did all the the original well known the Castlevania box art. She sounds is, like a fucking winner. But that uh, Castlevania is a dead thing right now. Like it's not in existence right now. So what do you mean it's not in existence right now? Like they're not the the studio is not making as has any plans. It's not making any of those games. So you know maybe she's got free time. Maybe she can do up five awesome. Is this Sega? Who owns Castlevania? Uh, Konami. Konami. Okay. Konami. Um, yes, Konami. All right. I just watched as I was painting this last week, um, for my uh, diorama pieces. There is a there's a YouTube channel called I think it's like so I played a game or something like that or so I beat a video game or something. Okay. okay. And they he does in depth history of franchises mm. and i watched the entire like it was going as i was painting and stuff his entire uh it's called like the extended retrospective as uh, i think is the kind of like the theme of the mm-hmm. series yeah, yeah, yeah. of cannot of sorry of castlevania like the whole franchise of video games it goes through everything, it including talks about like arcade story. games and shit. Yeah, it talks about every game. It talks about the story. It talks about the team that worked on it. What's the drama behind it? What changed? How did it perform? You know, it's like just the whole history of this series. The video, uh, YouTube video of the Castlevania one is over seven hours long. <laughs> Holy shit! I my mind is fucking blown in how much work it was this dude puts into making these. Yeah, dude. And like I started the uh Metal Gear Solid one and that's like 6 hours. Oh man, yeah. He does all of these crazy ones of different series and I just like I'm all about it. Like everything is scripted, too. Yeah. How fucking much work is that? That's a fucking Netflix show, dude. Yeah, and they get like writing at least. <laughs> I mean, I don't know one of them it came out like not that long ago and like the views are like legit like they get into the millions obviously but um still i still was like man this one was just like the castlevania one had like four hundred thousand views and i was like bro isn't it incredible like how like the different style of content on youtube and how it can succeed it's just like it just it reminds you that like i'm in this bubble and i think i'm a I'm an expert in this world. And then over here, there's some guy making a song that's four second song that says, hi, I'm still a piece of garbage. And it has like <laughs> fucking 30 million views. It's like, it's like, what the fuck works on this platform? I have no idea. No. Like just like you were talking about earlier, you were like, um, the kinds of videos I like are the ones where it's like, I'm just kind of doing something fun. And then that often can click with the, an audience and then blow up. Right. Yeah. And so, trendsetters often start a trend unintentionally, right? Yeah. So like with that slap chop thing, you had a couple people making slap chop, slap chop videos after that to chase that that, that excitement, right? Yeah. And so it, I made that video, the 10 minute, one hour, 10 hour model thing, like, mm. I don't know, two years ago. Um, and I was just copying a format from a different vertical on YouTube. Um, and that caught on really quickly. And we saw a couple people doing the same thing. But yeah, if you're if you're at the the start of the process, that's when you get the most hype and the most energy. So, oh, dude, can we should we should start just like a series of meme videos where it's these other ridiculous, stupid things that are very popular on YouTube that we're just also painting miniatures, like. I filled a bathtub full of Orbeez and I painted a miniature in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Like I bought like I I gave away this car to someone who needed it while I painted a miniature in the backseat. Just make it so blatantly obvious what you're doing. Yeah. Basically, I want to remake every Mr. Beast video. <laughs> and then at the end is while I painted a miniature. <laughs> it fits. Okay. It, hey. I painted a model. If I fits, I sit. I sit. Exactly. So you know, I mean it works for cats, it works for us, okay? I think it I think it's universally worky work. Okay. Um, Let's do one last thing and then we'll call it. Um I uh, really want to figure out by the end of the year how to completely let go of the editing process to a editor. Wow. Um, at the moment, um, he is doing assistant editing work. So like, I gave him a bunch of painting footage, and he has to zoom it in two times, flip it up uh, 180 so it's right side up, um, and then he has to... Trim it down to 20 minutes? No, he has to just save all the painting footage that is in focus and not bought on my goddamn head. And yeah, you're not gonna get 15 minutes then. <laughs> and then he has he has to animate the position so that it sta- so the model stays in the center of the sure. frame relatively. Yeah. Um, and then I then from there I take it and I make the whole video. Um, so he's doing what you might call assistant editing work. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to give him the footage with the rough idea for the video and have him do the whole edit and then maybe have like two three meetings during the process to kind of like fix some shit. And then just be done. I, I want to be able to do that. So he can work on a video. This is Alex. And then I can work on a video at the same time. And then the output can in, can increase. And then from there, hire a second editor and just keep making more and more videos. Because what I often forget about is that when you are being success, successful on YouTube, your first inclination is like, what else can I do? Can I start a podcast? Can I start a live stream? And at, at that moment is when you you slap yourself in the face. And you're like, <laughs> idiot. Make more fucking videos. That's, that's what got you to where you are right now. Don't make a fucking Twitch stream. Don't make a fucking podcast. Make more videos. So I want to. I want to. I want to become a fucking institution. You know, I want to be the GMM, the Linus Tech Tips of miniature painting. And it starts by making more videos, making more fucking videos, being like giving YouTube the time of day. You know, is is, is this the same person that just said like yes. a half an hour ago that? Uh, gonna crash and burn because i get burnt out because i do too much stuff that's why i need to hire more people you know, I know. yeah i you know it is it is yeah. i have my buddy blair that does that for me now he's right yeah that, yeah that he does all the the first cuts yeah and like that saves a ton of time it does it's this fine line of like does it i it still needs to feel my soul and a bit of it in the final Absolutely. video like how we how do you navigate that yes right to where it still feels like you it doesn't feel like it's been like over processed, over edited, and loses a bit of like your personality and why it's you, why you know why people come to you in the first place, and that is uncharted waters. It is, you know, and th- but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means it's like it's just something new to learn and experience and go through. Yeah, but so. like when like I'm sitting with Alex and editing those courses for Kickstarter, and he is picking up so much about what I want in a video. Yeah, and it's it's giving me feel great. It's, it does. Yeah, it, it's giving me so much confidence that like when we actually sit down and do an actual YouTube video, he's gonna know like seventy percent of what I already want. Um, so I'm I'm excited. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Okay, last thing, just real quickly, because I don't know of anything. Uh, <laughs> what are we going to do for different for the podcast in 2020? Season four, I think 23. I'm going to try to play devil's advocate more, because I think an issue with you and I is that we tend to agree about too much shit. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to try. 
<laughs> I'm going to try to intentionally take an opposing position on an argument more often so that our conversation, our discourse is more interesting. Your discourse is dumb. Yeah, you got fucking dumbass discourse. My discourse is the bestest of all of them. And that's why season four is going to be the best season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, well, we brought on writer goblin james in 2022 i think figuring out what we, exactly what we want him to do yeah yeah we need to figure that out so we can like have him help us the, the most yes um is is good a good idea we can take best advantage of him yes you We're know take advantage of you james. Like, it's not slavery <laughs> it's but it's really close, <laughs> really close. <laughs> um yeah we want to like to lean into what we've I've started to figure out what james does well what he compliments because he compliments our crazy ass personalities really well because there's a lot of shit that like oh i'm gonna be a regular ass podcast businessy people blah, 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 blah. we can't do that <laughs> shit very well and he's good at it like he's good at i don't know organization and spreadsheets and maths planning uh yeah planning like he's good at these things and we are not so we are we're gonna try to to work him into the family in a way that's, that's mutually beneficial family you know you know he's part of the family and so we want to work in that uh, we want to just be able to streamline of what what is what keeps the podcast fun for us because that's what's going to keep it you know going right mm -hmm. you know and not have it fall off the rails because we don't do any of the organization stuff very well right it gets, it's, a, it gets it's close. a shocker that it has stayed on the tracks as much as we've neglected it <laughs> it's a shocker that no one's noticed <laughs> 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 uh, so yeah, we want we want to to really fine tune this so it stays what what we really want it to be. I think continuing the the top lives when we have the opportunity to yeah and grow that. I had so much fun at the first one yeah, and we're gonna about to do number two. We're about to do number two is all over yeah. Um, and, and we're gonna see what's all over yeah, and then we're gonna see how that goes. Yeah. I mean. If fucking Adepticon, oh my God, if they if they will give us the time of fucking day to let us do the thing that they were surprised that it cost them zero fucking effort and zero work from them, that it was so popular, and now they're like, well, maybe we could do it in the other building across the fucking road. No. <laughs> yeah. How about this? How about no? How about... We just want to let us do the thing that we want to do in a room that's not being used. We will set it up. We will take it down. We are trying to work with them. We want this to work. Yeah. And not be drama queens about it, but I'm about to I, fucking Whitney Houston on your ass here. I'm like two minds about this whole Adepticon thing because like we definitely could have like pushed them more on it, but they also could have been like maybe like more, I don't know if inviting is the word or just kind of like, yeah, we've done this. We've done it and it, it worked out really well. You know, there was a fire hazard because so many people were there in that room. So it's like, you know, I don't know. It's it's a free event that they can also market and put in their event things. Yeah, but they're not gonna do that. They don't yeah. they don't give a shit about us. Yeah. The I thing mean, the thing about people who run Adepticon is they don't they don't um care about YouTubers. I'm not saying that to complain about it. It's like they have a very not very, but it's definitely more old world thinking about like what is gonna make Adepticon successful from an event perspective. Um, and so it's, you know, they don't think that it, it's a big deal. And, you know, in some regards it isn't a big deal, but like 
obviously it's a draw. People showed up to it and stuff. So yeah, we will. I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I don't. I don't want. I'm sorry. I probably came across as being uh, like a jackass to <laughs> Adepticon to the Adepticon staff, um, and I don't want. It, you know, it's like when you get down to it, the people that volunteer and the people that work to make this thing a reality, they do not deserve any of your angst. Right. Um, it's just been a, a frustrating struggle of us, like, just trying to make the thing as low impact and low effort, nothing, no, not asking anything of them from a man hours perspective to just let us have a physical space. Um and it's been a uh, it's been a frustrating endeavor, and so we just want to make it a reality because we had so much fun. The people that were there had so much fun. We want more people to have fun to, to experience it, right? And so, anyway, we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. So we'll that's it that's out. it. Like we want we want to, you know, if, if like this is a thing, the top lives and the being at events and like having a trapped under plastic episode at those events is something that is um successful or like we enjoy it and people come to it like we want to keep doing that we want to grow that if we're going to be there anyway what the h man what the h brother we gotta we gotta record an episode somewhere might as well do it here might as well that's just do it (laughs) that's it otherwise trapped under plastic season four will be the best season ever because ancient egypt is coming to return to the powerful glory fully fully funded by top money's ancient egypt ancient egypt coming to your kitchen table and in your coming to fridge. A, coming to a farm near you. Mm. All right. Let's talk about some motherfucking news. Motherfucking news, y'all. Okay, we got some news. We got some week. news. We got some spicy pepperonis to well, talk first, about. First, let's talk about some good guys. Travsky. All right. Yeah. So I, I was this was brought to my attention um, by a member of the wonderful miniature painting community. Um a gentleman uh, reached out to not only the miniature painting community as a whole, but more specifically to the goody peepees on the Trapped Under Plastic Facebook group. Um, he's starting up. He's a teacher um, in Arizona, Arizona, United States of America. And uh, he's starting up. He works at, at a Title I school. So that is a low-income uh, school district and trying to have after-school activities for kids that uh, maybe aren't exposed to a, a lot of other interesting things or, or things at home um, to have them have a good, fulfilling, worthwhile experiences at school in after-school programs. And he did uh, fantasy football. He said he's talking to me about he just did fantasy football. And now he's transitioning into miniature painting for students signed up for his after-school programs. And he said that he talked about this in Trapped Under Plastic Group. And all the fucking goody peepees sent him fucking miniatures. Like our community, you out there that saw this, sent him boxes of miniatures. So his kids, Fuck yeah. his students are p- going to be painting miniatures because of you. And that's fucking awesome. I would love to get like a list of people like this. Because strangely, I had a long time ago, someone in Arizona reached out to me about an after school program like this to donate to. And I sent like mm-hmm. some wet palettes and some glue and shit. Um, but I would love like a list of like these after school things that like people could like donate to if they wanted to, or like some kind of like third party operator that could like receive all donations and then like distribute them like equally to like 
things like that because this would really encourage the hobby and young folks and stuff like that and yeah. give them a really cool opportunity they wouldn't have otherwise. If I had this in my fucking grade school or high school, holy shit. Yeah. That'd be so sick. He's a, I believe he's a middle school teacher. Nice. Okay, so cool. So that's, that's, that's the ideal age. Kids are already in this awkward, weird stage and it's a very, it's a very important years of a a student's life so kids life um not only did you all learn about this and help him out the wonderful folks at monument hobbies makers of pro acryl paint heard about this and they hooked a brother up they gave him tons of paint sets and brushes and so they have everything these kids have everything they need to paint the models to have the brushes, to have the paints, to have the models. They have everything. So Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He, he was overwhelmed. And so a big thank you to all of you and a big thank you to Monument Hobbies for reaching out and, and donating to a, a really good cause. And I'm excited to hear about where this goes. That's awesome. Uh, we got some green stuff world drama. This is a little bit late at this point and also when the video comes out. Um, but in case you didn't know, uh, there's a guy on YouTube. His name is DRN underscore paints. His real name is Patrick Halberg. He painted the pilot for Mindwork Games. Uh, and he posted it on, I don't know, uh, the 26th of November. And then the 16th of December, he got a little email from a newsletter from Green Stuff World and noticed that they were using his painted model as the box art for the product. Um, he reached out to them on the 20th. No, he sent an email that day saying like, hey, can you uh, not use the image or can you credit me correctly like via like, you know, paying for it like you would normally would. And they didn't uh, they didn't really respond. Um, Well, they did respond, but they didn't reply to the email. What they did was they changed uh, the the model. So they took his painted box art, put it in Photoshop, removed the watermark and adjusted the paint job in Photoshop to shift some hues around to make it look different. Still obviously his paint Still job. Still obviously his paint job. There's, there's one dead giveaway. It, it, he has like a specific freehand on the watch face, <laughs> and it's the exact same through every iteration of this this changing that we'll, we'll, we'll get into more. And so he, you know, he, he noticed this and was like, hey, you obviously still didn't adjust this. The, the other kicker is that they said it was painted by the Green Stuff World team at this point. So after the first adjustment, it was like, now it said painted by Green Stuff World. The next change they made was they made it black and white. And it was like, come on, like, it's obviously still the same fucking model. So they're not really communicating him, with him very well. They're trying to go about, uh, like, avoiding... Um, like paying him like or just using the box art from Mindwork games like that they provided for him it's not a painted model but they're like nice renders for the stls and stuff um that what is so egregious here first of all green stuff world has a fucking history of this shit of straight up theft and with them going about dealing with things with lawsuits and I mean, they the the person, the dude that invented the green stuff roller, wasn't a green stuff person. He wasn't an employee of theirs. It wasn't them. They they didn't invent the green stuff roller. This other dude did. They stole it. Like they they take all products from other people or or that stuff that's you know available out there in the world. Just like green stuff is that is that's not their uh, product. They didn't invent two part epoxy that turns green. 
they went after they started to make the green stuff rollers. They sued the fucking dude that invented it. Just like seriously, yeah, I don't know about this. Yes, they sued that guy because he kept making the product he invented, so they would have sole rights to use them. They are, are notorious for putting out patents for things they didn't invent and suing people after they get their patents in place. Same with this shit with this, the sword and steel. Yeah, she made a review of color shift paints of the Vallejo ones. And Vallejo, like they didn't, they actually didn't have the legal opportunity to make a color shift paint because Green Stuff World owned the patent in Spain for color shift paints for hobby use. And so whatever, that's bullshit anyways, but fair yeah. on them. Vallejo isn't allowed to make those paints, but they copyright struck the video of the review <laughs> from this third party person sword and steel and so the video got taken down which is like this is not how you approach this subject like she owns this video like the the you want to go after vallejo not the fucking creator okay yeah this it's and the so, real kicker and i think it's what you were getting to about yeah. this is that throughout the entire green stuff world fucking website on every product there's this plastered image of like stop piracy in the hobby yeah support artists stop piracy this is literal piracy of this guy's painted box art yeah and they went so far as to like oh okay he you know they used a painted model okay then he comes to them and then they are purposefully maliciously being sleazy fucking thieves <laughs> and doing a half-assed job of it instead of like using the official box art for mine work games for the models which they told them to do like <sighs> all these bo- so i did some digging when this happened and a lot of the box arts they use they they sell ignis art models they sell they sell mine work games models maybe one other small brand and I knew who painted all these box arts because they talk about it on their personal Instagrams and I follow them. And so I, I emailed, not emailed, I messaged maybe like three or four of the other box artists. And I was like, did they have permission to use your box art? And they did for the most part. They they got in contact with the company itself and asked the company if they could use the box arts. And they were like, yep, this is how it works. Please do. Um, but this one model didn't have one. And so they kind of went out of their way to, to go and find one. <laughs> They acquired a box art. <laughs> yeah, they did uh, through one one way or another. Honestly, I don't think um, I don't. Green Stuff World doesn't really make a product that I need to use, like in my daily hobby. And this is a, this is such sleazy practice that I don't yeah. really give a fuck to, to try them, any of them out. I love their bits, like the idea they have for making a bunch of bits for different kind of stuff and like uh, putting them together in like a kit. Sure, I love that. That's a cool idea for for a thing. Yeah. But like honestly. I mean, by and large, it's a little dead to me, this company. Yeah. By and large, they don't do anything um, original. (laughs) Um, They repurpose things uh, just like their green stuff world UV resin with the flashlight or whatever. Well, you can get all of this stuff that doesn't have the hobby stamp on it elsewhere for cheaper and whatever. Um, uh, This this bothers me. uh, they're they're not without redemption. Nobody is doesn't nobody you know you know doesn't deserve a, a second chance or whatever. But their hubris about how they go about it, an unforgiving, and do not feel like they have done anything wrong, and just like continue to say like, well, no, no one's going to notice, and we're going to continue these same practices and over and over again. That is. Uh, that's not uh, acceptable. Grinds your gears. Yeah. So to to their credit, five days later. They did apologize in email to this person and pay them for the thing. But that was only after 
the raging firestorm of hate on social media for the absolute hypocrisy going on in the situation. Yeah. So it's like, can you really like feel good about that? I mean, you kind of can't, but it's like, if you, if, if this guy didn't have an Instagram account and didn't talk about it, he'd be SOL a hundred percent. Yeah. They wouldn't have done anything. Yeah. This, this is, uh, this is apology by necessity, not not apology by consciousness, like having, like having an actual clear conscious and morals. Yeah. Like, like, Oh, I fucked up here. I should, we should fix this. It's like, no, we should fix this because it's going to impact our sales. Yeah. All right. Let's keep moving. Uh, army painter announced metallic speed paint. I saw this. I watched a little, I kind of watched a portion of the video on it. Um, I don't know. It kind of looks like partially translucent metallic paint. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Um, it, it's a really interesting concept. It really like from a science side of things. I'm like, how the fuck does this work? Right. I don't know how well it really works. Cause like, I don't like, I need them in my hands and to try them to really figure it out to form my own opinion. It's really an interesting th- theoretically. Yes. So like, okay, you can paint, say a stormcast eternal like ochre or like dark brown and then dry brush it gold and that works that is not a fully covered model and it looks metallic now when you think about how a dry brush works you are hitting the edges of mm-hmm. things right now when you think about how a contrast paint works it does the literal opposite right it builds in the recesses trying to get to the the points of uh, path of least resistance right exactly and so like if if the majority of your paint is building up in the recesses and that's where you're getting the most opacity because that's where it's pooling, that's like the inverse of what I imagine you'd want a metallic paint to do. That's like a speed paint, right? So it's like, how do you get it to operate kind of like a dry brush and get that that effect um, and not the inverse of it, which I don't think would look metallic at all. I think it would look like you just didn't basically just model well. Um, like what if there's a, like, I, again, I don't really know, but like there's different, parts that make up a paint right and there's the medium and then there's the there's the pigments and there's the blah 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 all the different things in there what if the parts within that combination that are trying to run for the border like taco bell <laughs> like they're trying to run to the recesses are the parts that are not the shiny parts right okay but the parts that are the shiny parts are the parts that just kind of like stay stay home. And the parts that are trying to run away are the parts that are going to be more of the matte, non-reflective. I mean, right? That, that I'm, I'm talking in theory. Yeah, yeah. That could, in theory, work. I don't know if that's what this stuff does. But I'm just like, is that possible that that's a thing that works? I mean, I got a picture for you here. So hoplite gold on the left, tainted gold, normal paint on the right. Um, I mean... What do you think about that? Oh, there's the speed paint and there's frame. That's one frame of one gold on one model, you know? So it's not a lot to go on. It looks okay. Does it look shiny and metallic? Not really. It kind of looks like the hue of a more desaturated gold color, but does it look like a metallic color? I don't know. Is this n- supposed to be true metallic? Yes. That's weird. It doesn't have a <laughs> it doesn't have a high shine to it. Yeah, but it's almost like it's like they took a speed paint or a contrast paint that you'd use for to make your own NMM, mm-hmm. use that color pigment 
whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they, they like put a couple of drops, a uh, regular droppy drops of like the 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 shiny flaky stuff. Yes, the mica flakes. That mica flakes. I got to see it in my hand. Right, it's really hard to tell from a picture. Yeah, it, it looks promising from that picture. Yeah, I want to see more. I should have watched this whole video. Like maybe you could like apply this contrast paint and then do like a dry brush and then be like oh like now we're popping off. Yeah, the, it, it's like they are taking a two step system and they're cutting the amount of steps in half. Right. That's. That is that is awfully fucking ambitious. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. It kind of, you know, now that I'm t- now that I'm looking at this video again, it kind of works because, like, if your edges aren't collecting a lot of paint, then they're bright, and if your undercoat is white, then you basically get like an edge highlight, right, on TMM. So that 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 might work out again. Yeah, we we don't really know how it's going to work out, and when we're interested in trying it out further. But this is kind of like the this is a, I like the idea for the product because this is a, this is an unexplored area so far in this new and interesting hobby paint that we we are currently experiencing in this year or last year too. So a metallic speed paint. Cool. James the Rider Goblin says, while a neat concept, the models in the video don't look overly metallic to me. Could be the footage and the lighting combination, or it could be there's just that much metallic pigment in them. Fair assessment, James. Uh, We'll put the video down in the description below, along with all kinds of news items that we don't necessarily go over. Uh, If you want to check them out, it's all linked down there below. Your one-stop news shop. Motherfucker. Our description. All right. Um, I am going to hop over to... Uh, someone we already talked about in earlier in the episode in the news about Monument Hobbies because they have finally released a Pro Acryl beginner set, which typically their sets come in like core set series one, two, and three. Paints that make sense together kind of thing? Um, it's just like the order in which they release them. Ah, okay, okay, okay. That's yeah, basically it. Um, but they never really had uh, across their whole range. This is like their, their, their beginner set is the must-haves. And so they've released one, um, a 10 paint set you can start from, which I think is a pretty cool idea, um, especially as like we got to start somewhere and, you know, recommending different brands for, for different starter sets, beginner sets. That Vallejo one is kind of notoriously a, a great one. Yeah. That I think this would maybe um, rival. And something that's not in the news here, but I am going to um, announce because it will be out to the world by the time this video goes live is that Pro Acryl has started an artist signature series. And that they're, they're working with artists to have them design their own colors and a signature series. And the first one um, is now available. And there's two artists that have their six paint set. One of them is Vinci V. In the- Here's why you're wrong. Oh, fuck, that was the wrong one. Damn it. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> the first guy, the first artist is Vinci V, and the second artist is me. <laughs> hey, wah, wah, wah. Wait, where, where, where the fuck is that? Uh, we lost the fucking horn of doom. <laughs> uh, so this was such a fun experience, um, and Vince and I and Jason from Monument Hobbies have been working together for the last year. Like we get together on Google calls. And we'd talk about colors and we'd mix stuff up and we'd talk about what what's like what we felt we really wanted to be in their line. This is how Vince and I approached it. But they, they these colors don't exist in the Pro Curl line. Mm-hmm. So like these are really colors we love. These are colors we use a lot. These are mixes, slight variations. It's like it's kind of like this, but it's a little bit more like this. And then working with um, Jason's pigment 
master that he works with to do all the pigment master to do all their mixes and to come up with that and they'd give us samples we'd have dry samples and wet samples it was just really really interesting but from a news perspective that's out they're available if your local stores carry pro krill they'll probably carry these sets as well you can also order them directly on um uh, monuments website or other places and you actually support vince and i if you buy them very cool so yeah how much money do you get a set bitch I guess sixty nine, sixty nine. Um, but uh, yeah, and so some of the colors I I chose like a, a like a really rich, warm mid tone brown. Um, that's like you just don't find. I, I look for that color all over the place, and most brands don't have that. Um, I got this reddish gray, which I just Vince and I use all the time, and we were like trying to call dibs on which colors we were gonna get. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's some really really good ones there. Um, so yeah, I, I I mean I'll be talking about it in an upcoming video where I'm gonna like go through and paint with the six paints that I had, why I chose those, why I love them, what I use them for, kind of a thing. But anyway, that's news. New paints, you gotta buy them. Gotta buy them. Uh, we got some. We got some. Weird updating their Malifaux game. We don't often hear much about Malifaux getting updates and stuff, but they're getting some errata for Malifaux that updates some of the major factions like Bayou, Arcanists, Explorer Society. So that's pretty cool for all you weirdos, Keck, out there. Um, <laughs> Weirdo. Is that what people that like weird models are called? Nah, know. it's fucking brilliant. I don't know. I got to pee. You knock through the rest of this. I will I knock through the rest. Mantic coming out with a new thing called Ambush Kings of War, which includes Dust, Ochre, Racking, Abyss, Halfling, and Gobbler, Goblin starter sets. Um, it was announced on December 14th. It's a small version of the game set below the usual 2,000 point game. All right, cool. Uh, I, don't, I don't play much Kings of War, although I do want to try it because, boy, do I love me some rank and flank games. Um, you guys all know I love that stuff. So I would love to try it out, but you kind of have to kind of have to pull your punches here with how many models and armies you collect and what you paint. Um, so I'd love to kind of get like a demo in of that kind of game. Um, GW rebrands Forge Worlds to Horus Heresy. This was uh, based on an article from Spiky Bits, and they kind of went through... Uh, the most recent thing that GW did was they changed the name of the Facebook page um, to Horus Heresy versus Forge World, but you can still see it says at Forge World below. And the, the logo of Forge World is still kind of plastered all over um, GW's products. But uh, this article goes through uh, all of the things GW has done over the years to... Uh, kind of slowly changed the brand of Forge World to Horus Heresy specifically. And, you know, it's an interesting speculation because there are a lot of products they sell on the Forge World site, both 440K, 4 Age of Sigmar, um, that are not Horus Heresy. So I don't know if we're going to really see like a full conversion over to uh, Horus Heresy, or if it's going to be just a, kind of like the Facebook page and stuff like that. Because like when when uh, Warhammer Old World comes out, you know you can, you kind of see that as the Forge World of, or sorry, the Horus Heresy of Age of Sigmar, right? And so it's like, are they going to sell those models in resin on the same website? Are they going to go on the GW website? Like, where is that all going to live? I don't know. I don't know. GW uh, showed off or kind of teased what the next uh, kill team 
um, box is going to be, and it is Dark Eldar and Arbites. And I've been told that the Arbites or Arbites are basically the Judge Dread of the 40k universe. They're like elite security guard esque models for uh, 40k, so kind of humans. And the other thing is going to be Dark Eldar. And so I'm creeping my shorts a little bit here to get some Dark Eldar kill team models. My buddy who sent me this info is speculating that the kill team of Dark Eldar models is going to be largely Trueborn. And I totally forgot about Trueborn in the Dark Eldar faction, but they are Cabalite warriors that are born into royalty. And so they have all the nice guns. They have the better training. You know, they, they had the more prosperous upbringing. And so they, they are, are more of an elite troop choice in the Drakari, uh, Action. They get more spikes. They get more spikes. Wait, are these new models? So this is not a news item in here. John just rejoined me here. But the new kill team is Arbites, which is like yet another human sub-faction in 40k. And the other one is Dark Eldar. And so I think we're going to... Uh, my, my friend is speculating that's going to lean into the uh, the Cabal-like branch of Dark Eldar with uh, Trueborn models. Actual Trueborn models. Oh, man. So it's going to be a new box, maybe, of these new models of just for, like, the kill team. I would be all about that. Yeah. Because we've, we've seen, like, the Void Scarred, which are, like, not Dark Eldar, not Eldar, like, kind of in between, like, this piratical sub-faction. Deldar. Deldar. <laughs> what does an actual, like, you know, Dark Eldar kill team kind of look like? I'm interested to find out. I'm all about that. I'm all about that. I want that. That base. I want that. Not just that void card. I want that. I, want, I don't want that void card. I want that dark Eldar. You're still talking about news? I went there and peed and had some Mexican treats on the, that were out in the What the fuck? They were yes. delicious. Okay, I need a little bit of sugar. And I'm like, oh, here's some treats. There I'm you go. Them. There we go. You got treats on treats in this office space. <sighs> that is the end of the news, right? Welcome to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out all the way to the end, listening to us clamor on about Lord knows fucking what. We do not know what we were clamoring on about. This is what you missed in the extended version of the podcast. John doing his best Antonio Banderas interpretation. It is not. It is not me. I am. I am puss. Spoilers. It's pretty good. (laughs) Is it worth paying for? That is for you to decide. Speaking of paying for stuff, there are many ways to support the podcast, both free and not free. One of the free ways is uh, putting our channel on your whitelist. If you have a little add-on in your browser, that's you whitelist YouTube channels. You can watch ads on our channel for free. We run, we run an ad every 30 minutes. You can tell your nerd friends about our podcast, share it around, give us a little review on places where you listen to podcasts, only five stars, anything lower, we do not accept. <laughs> we come we come to your house. <laughs> and then what, puss? And then I put my little boots. <laughs> Hope you smelly asshole. <laughs> Just fit them right in there. If you got some money, we got a little gift card from uh, Christmas for Chipotle. See if it'll work on Teespring, okay? Just give it a try. I do not want a Chipotle. I wanted a t-shirt that says Goody Pee Yes. So if you got some loose cash you want to spend and support your favorite podcast ever, we have a Teespring where we sell a bunch of stuff like shirts, stuff like that, you know, articles of clothing. You need those to survive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We got a Patreon, too, where you can get access to an extended episode Talk about things that I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I don't feel that the need to repeat. <laughs> you fucking know what they are, okay? Give me your goddamn Chipotle gift card. It is all we need <laughs> to complete our quest. 
And that's it, you know? You know how to support us, okay? It's the end of the year. It isn't. It's the first episode it's of the year. It's the first fucking episode, man. That might, that might give Game it away. Over, man. That might give it away what, what, when we're recording this right now, okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. So if you made it all the way this far to the end of the podcast, you probably should turn it off by now. But since you didn't. <laughs> Since you didn't, it's trash. This is a little bit of a, we probably should have talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, but surprise, we said we were like, oh, we're going to have a little bit of a break before season four. Surprise, S- motherfucker. Yeah. Sunrise, motherfucker. It's time. <laughs> Some fries, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, this first episode is coming up up your ear, ear holes really quick. And then our next episode, there's going to be a little bit of a gap because our next episode is going to be live at LVO. So it's going to be recorded a little bit later. Don't worry. We'll try to get that up as soon as uh, Alex can do all the hard work. <laughs> Until then, we are going to fuck up the end of the episode where John doesn't know how exactly he's going to set this up. So he's going to just say, we'll catch you on the... Flippity-flop.